right, guys. We got Rabbi Eduardo. Yes, sir. Messianic Jew. Yeah. Sephardic Jew. Yes, sir. Explain what that is, because people may not know the difference. A lot of folks think Jews are just the folks they see in Brooklyn. Yeah, so it's totally not. Okay. Actually, so we know the Jewish people came from what would be known as the Near East, right? Okay. Came from the land of Israel. So mm -hmm. it would have been more Arab-toned. Okay. As the Jews were exiled, they went to multiple different areas. Actually, right. one of the biggest dispersions and exiles of the Jewish people was from Spain and Portugal. 1492, they were kicked out. They went to all the Caribbean islands. They passed through. Sean Paul mm -hmm. came from a rich Jamaican Jewish family. Sean and Paul. Yeah. That's <laughs> you, want that. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. Uh, we actually have a, a, I had a Jamaican woman okay. in our synagogue, and she would read from the Torah, and she would mm. read the English, and she would be like, when Moshe came down from the mountain. It, just, it just hit different, bro. That's dope. But, you know, there are Jamaican Jews and Spanish Jews, so my family comes from that line of okay. Jews that were kicked out of Spain, gotcha. who practiced Judaism in secrecy mm. in the Caribbean islands in Puerto Rico. Wow. So I was actually brought up Catholic, went back to Judaism when I was 19 years old. Messianic Judaism, been in it for 20 years. Wow, that's so awesome. When I was in Israel in October, that was the first thing I noticed. Mm -hmm. One, it is, you know, obviously there's Muslims there, there's Christians there, but it's still predominantly Jewish. But I noticed that the vast majority of Jewish folks in Israel today look way more like you yeah. than Ashkenazi Jews. Yeah, I just had a woman tell me at at the congregation last week she goes yeah. you know the older you get the more israeli you look i'm like i'm like all right thank you thank you so much i appreciate that that's funny but i think but i think it is it is a fact most of the people look more olive skin yes. olive tone but then you yes. have completely very dark-skinned jewish mm -hmm. people very light-skinned jewish people mm -hmm. there are chinese jewish people mm -hmm. and there are those that are like yemenite that look mm -hmm. very arabic very mm -hmm. look lebanese that mm -hmm. sort of thing so i mean so the jewish people are very dispersed yeah and you guys describe it as a uh, ethno what is it? What is it like ethno identity? Like like because yeah. it's not a it's not obviously it's not just a religion and it's not just an ethnicity. It's it's this it's kind of like and both. Yeah, I was gonna say that since it's one of the oldest identities. You know, when you read your Bible, yeah, you don't see Hittites, right? Jebusites, right? You're not seeing Ammonites and right. Moabites, right? Right. But you do see the Jewish people. So mm -hmm. the identity was attached to the land, the people, and the God that they served. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you grow up in. You said what, Puerto Rico? So I grew up in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. But then you're Catholic. Mm -hmm. And then throughout your journey at 19, you go from Catholicism to becoming a Messianic. Is it because you discovered you were Sephardic Jewish? Or like, how, how did that so happen? So I was actually attending churches okay. when I was 16. Brooklyn okay. Tabernacle, Christ Tabernacle, yeah, 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 yeah. Queens, New York, yep. Brooklyn, New York. Yep. Visited yep. those churches. Very nominal, still shallow relationship. Not really walking it out. But then I decided when I was 19, I wanted to study theology, study Bible. So I went to Nyack College for a semester, okay. met a Messianic rabbi, Rabbi Dave Rosenberg. Okay. And he shared with me all of these things, shared with me about Messianic Judaism. Very foreign to me, Messianic Judaism. Mm -hmm. I grew up around the Ashkenazic white Jews, curls, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. black and white suits. That's what I was used to. Yep. And so he shared that there is Messianic Judaism. Many Spanish people have Jewish heritage. Found out many of the things my family did throughout history mm -hmm. were in fact Spanish Jewish customs mm. that are rabbinic customs, not even biblical. Whoa. Right? Things like my mother separating from the family uh -huh. and not allowing us to touch the babies. Things like the evil eye, huh. covering mirrors. Huh. My grandmother in Spanish used to say the ironic benediction over us huh. in Spanish, which is what Jewish people do to bless their children and right. others in Hebrew. So just all of these traditions, my grandmother lighting the Sabbath candles mm -hmm. on Friday night. So all these things were part of what my family did, mm -hmm. showing me that I have a family line that goes back to the Spanish Jewish background. 
Now, is there a DNA component of this? Are people running their DNA to, to, to figure this stuff out? Because yeah. I know like 23andMe, they do yeah. stuff like that. Or is that or is figuring out if you're Sephardic Jew, Jew not the same thing? Yeah, so I think it's difficult to find out Sephardic Jew through DNA because mm-hmm. of expulsion. So when the first expulsion happened in 1492, everybody went to Portugal. Mm-hmm. And then they were eventually kicked out of Portugal mm-hmm. and eventually married with the people. Mm-hmm. So the way you find out Jewish identity through DNA is that you take a class of Jews mm-hmm. who say that, we're Jews through tradition, mm-hmm. and they have a uh, paper trail, yep. and they have family lines and documents that sort of Jewish. And that's the determining factor of what's a Jew. So when they test people after, mm-hmm. they're lining it up against that. Got it. So how do you do a DNA test for people who haven't identified as Jews for a while? Right. When there's no group, when there's no main group right, right, to right, study right, right, right. and go against. So Yeah, that's interesting, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you start sitting with this Messianic rabbi. Yep. Now, now the Messianic rabbi aspect, how do... Jewish rabbis look at Messianic rabbis. Like, is there beef? Oh, they, like, they want the smoke. They want the smoke. They want the okay. smoke. They okay. want it. They Cause, want cause, it. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things in Israel right now with them not wanting Christians to yeah. evangelize. Mm-hmm. And even the, like when I was there and I was hanging out with Messianic uh, believers, they were like, no, like we're Jewish. Mm-hmm. It's just we believe in Messiah. Like it's, it's almost not like, because they when they when you say Christian, they they think you know the old city is broken into Ju- the Jewish quarter, mm-hmm. the Muslim quarter, the Christian quarter, and the Armenian yeah, quarter. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. You know, a lot of people got some <laughs> clout over yeah, here, yeah. and so, um, so they don't view themselves as like, oh, we're a part of the Christian quarter. They're just like, no, no, no we're Jewish. We just believe in Yeshua. Yeah, you know, which yeah. which was really interesting yeah. to me because they they they're mm-hmm. still culturally, yeah, Jewish. Yeah, you know? I, I think modern Messianic Judaism. What mm-hmm. we have is really it's a it's a uh, it's the product of exile Judaism, okay. right? Because we're far from the land, uh-huh. it's a necessity to where I'm wearing a yarmulke, I'm wearing fringes, right? Yeah. There's this necessity and this need internally to identify as a Jew, yeah. right? Because we're in exile. But when you're in Israel, you probably notice a lot of the Messianics aren't wearing yarmulkes. Mm-hmm. They sure. aren't wearing fringes, right? Because yeah. why? They speak Hebrew. Right. They're in the land. They fight in the IDF. They study Hebrew from when they're a child, right? So the mm. Jewish identity, they're in a Jewish matrix, uh-huh. which is less ne- necessary for yeah. someone who's distant from them. Yeah. If someone's far, yeah. you're going to want to tap into that Jewish identity. Man, the coolest, one of the coolest things on my trip was being able to do do Shabbat mm-hmm. uh, with an Orthodox family. Yeah. And it was it was beautiful. That's awesome. Um, it was beautiful, man. They, they, they drink a lot of wine. Yeah, they do. They, do. <laughs> they, they drink do. a lot of wine. They do. I think they have a, 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 in my opinion, a better theology around pleasure yeah. and celebration mm-hmm. than uh, most evangelicals. Mm-hmm. And I'll say most Protestants, except like the, the Reformed cats kind of overdo it. You know what I'm saying? They got the beers and the cigars and you know what I mean? But they 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 got a, a good framework of that. So there's a lot of wine. The way they would do the blessings over their kids and they would read these prayers over their kids dude it was it was beautiful the food was yeah. amazing it was really cool and but one of the things is my my messianic friends that i connected with there when i was talking to them they were like yeah like we don't really keep shabbat like that and i'm mm-hmm. like what do you mean and they're like yeah like we just you know like yes but no like it's not as like this and, and it's probably because of what you're describing it's probably they're, they're in the homeland so there's there's less of this need I, I I guess for the the cultural anchors is is that a way to look at it? Because they are already in that matrix, right? right you know, right. hey, did you keep Shabbat? And they'll be like, "Atamid the Like, yeah. do you even speak Hebrew? They'll right. ask the next, right? Ah. So I feel like there's this there's this organic Jewish identity yeah. that's already part of what is 
in the land of Israel. Got you. Where okay. I'm not saying that it's not organic and natural on the outside. Yep. I'm just saying that it has its fruition no, and manifestation in different good. ways. Yep. So, and, and I've spoken to people like this. You know, when we go to, I'm part of the IMCS. I'm ordained mm -hmm. as a Messianic rabbi through them. Mm -hmm. So when we do the conferences, mm -hmm. we'll meet people from like Canada or people who do outreach in Israel mm -hmm. or people who are in the land of Israel who mm -hmm. come down for the retreats. Right. People have congregations who are far and they're like, you'll see that they look different mm -hmm. in some of their identification with the Jewish identity markers. They'll, mm -hmm. they'll be a little bit more separate from it mm -hmm. because there's not that drive to show Jewish identity, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. uh, from the outside mm -hmm. because everything that they do is really deeply steeped within, within the Jewish matrix. Got you. So what then do Messianics believe that is, I guess, what would be different from Protestants? Um Okay, well, let me back up. When we, we were just having this conversation about the Trinity, right? And, and I know you guys believe in the Trinity. Of course. Which is, which is important. And, you, and we were talking about the stream I just did on the Bless God Studios channel about Bryson Gray and the Trinity stuff. Um, and you were like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I was in that stream. Like, he's off. Mm -hmm. So unpack, like, what you guys believe in the Trinity. You guys obviously believe Jesus, Yeshua is the Messiah. You believe yep. Jesus is God. Unpack what, where you guys are at with, with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that when we talk about Christianity, mm -hmm. so Mormons identify as Christians. Mm -hmm. Don't make them Christians. That's right. Right? Uh, Jehovah Witnesses identify as Christians. Don't make them Christians, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, other people who are Unitarians identify as Christians. doesn't make them Christians. So I think when we talk about the Messianic Judaism, mm -hmm. we have to understand that there are Hebrew roots elements. There are mm -hmm. other fringe movements. Mm -hmm. There are people that are not anchored in community and eldership and overseeing people mm -hmm. and committees mm -hmm. that really drive the theological doctrines that people have to agree with. Mm -hmm. And so I think for my community, I serve as the associate rabbi of mm -hmm. Congregation Bethel Gabor in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. I have a senior rabbi over me, mm -hmm. Rabbi Mark Schumer, who's been like a father to me from New York. I moved to Pennsylvania and mm -hmm. he's been discipling me these past 20 years. You know? you. Um, so in our community, which is specifically we believe in the IMCS, is that God is triune in his nature. Mm -hmm. So we believe that he eternally existed as Father, Son, and Spirit, that the Son of God comes and dies for humanity, period, point blank. There's no way around that. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe that, many Messianic scholars have said you're not in Messianic Judaism, mm -hmm. right? And I would say that you're not really part of the body of Messiah if you deny these core fundamentals, yep. that you're actually on the outside. Yep. So a part of the differences between, we would say, maybe protestantism where you were leading to mm -hmm. is is a lot of it is cultural yeah not well, theological well, let's go before we go into cultural because i think i think there's a whole lot there that's fascinating mm -hmm. but before you said you said a part of the, the godhead and if you don't believe in that you're not part of the body yeah. um one of the things i've i i found interesting is that the jewish people what they find offensive about yahshua is that the christians worship who what they would say is a man yeah Right, what, like that is intrinsically what they're offended by. Yeah, is that we are worshiping what they say is a man, what we say is God. So, yeah. like, even this conversation, and it's so anchored around the identity of the Godhead. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it is who he is. So, I did a debate with Carlos Xavier mm -hmm. on the Trinity, mm -hmm. and it was based on is the Shema Unitarian or Trinitarian? Mm -hmm. And the reality is, the Shema can be Unitarian or Trinitarian based upon what Echad means, mm -hmm. and the word One is just a complex unity. Mm -hmm. So, one hundred percent, Yeshua is God. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Just can't. Does Judaism teach in its sources mm -hmm. a complexity of God's unity? Mm -hmm. And I think that it definitely does. You mm -hmm. know, we can go to Genesis 19, 24, right? right. Yet Vav is on earth. He's in heaven. He's raining down fire. Mm -hmm. The fact that God can take flesh, God ate with Abraham. Mm -hmm. Last time I checked to eat, you need a body. Come on. 
right? Yep. So he ate with a body, sat down with him. Got goosebumps. And, yeah. you said that. So, <laughs> Sheesh, man, keep going. You're flowing. So if he could do it, if he could do it for two minutes, yep. he could do it for ten minutes. Come on, he could do it for twenty hours. He could do it for, he could do 30, it 33, thirty-three years in the years. sun, right? Come on, and give himself. So what's interesting? A lot of rabbis tell us God is not a man that he should lie. Mm-hmm. You ever heard hear that yep. passage? Yep. You hear people say that? Yep. Well, another passage said that God is a warrior. They'll mm-hmm. say, but it's really Ishmael Chama. God is a man of war. Hmm. Right. So, but they won't tell you that. They're going to keep that tucked in the back pocket mm-hmm. until you mm-hmm. come out with that and bring it to the table. So it isn't really that God's a man ontologically, mm-hmm. right? But the question is, can God, the second person of triune God, take on flesh? See, the mm-hmm. problem for rabbinic Judaism, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that they can't answer is, how is the unseen God seen? Mm-hmm. How is it possible, mm-hmm. right? It says that Moses ate with the elders of Israel mm-hmm. before God. They saw him, mm-hmm. right? Isaiah sees God, sees the glory of God. Mm-hmm. What's the answer? Mm-hmm. You can't answer the question in traditional Judaism. Mm-hmm. John tells us the glory of God that Isaiah saw mm-hmm. was the glory of Jesus of Nazareth, Come on. Yeshua. Come on. So we have the answers for these things. Yeah. Judaism has all the right questions, yeah, that's good. not the right answers. That's good. Yeah, that that's so fascinating, man. And even looking at Michael Heiser's explanation of the, the Godhead, mm-hmm. and he talks about how you see the Godhead in the Old Testament, and then you see it in the New Testament, right? 100%. And he creates this this beautiful graph. I did a video on it. That's so good. Okay, so let's get into some of the the. We'll come back to some of the Trinity stuff and yeah. some of the the, the Bryson because you were in a, a stream with. I was Bryson in the after party stream with um, Godlogic Apologetics. So I want to come back to that, um, but I want to talk about some of the cultural differences mm-hmm. and and how does that practically flesh out for mm-hmm. those of us that would be. Uh, I guess considered Gentiles or like myself, like I'm a Protestant, but I'm I grew up Armenian apostolic, right? So talk about some of the cultural differences. Yeah, so I think the problem is is that we look at the Word of God, mm-hmm. like people say, I'm Torah observant, I'm Torah observant, mm-hmm. and I hate the church because they're not Torah observant. You hear this, yep. you know, people yep. got bumper stickers, they yep. got T-shirts and all that. Yep. But if somebody from the Presbyterian or Baptist church down the street is being faithful to his wife, mm-hmm. right, raising his children up, teaching them God's Word, mm-hmm. paying his taxes, being faithful in his business dealings. My man is keeping Torah. He might. He said it. He said it. I did say. I did. So come get it. Come anybody who want to come get it. Come on. He's keeping Torah, right? Now, we have to understand that the Sinai Covenant Mm -hmm. is one snapshot of God's revelation for humanity. Mm -hmm. It isn't God's totality. Mm -hmm. We have the word Torah law even in the rules for Passover Mm. before they even make it to Mount Sinai. Mm. So, from my perspective, God's Torah. Mm-hmm. goes from Genesis all the way down to the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. And how do we interpret that properly? See, the Sinai Covenant mm-hmm. was a judicial system for Israel. Okay, Laws, rules, right. how they right. need to behave right. in the land so that God can bless them and bless the land. Mm-hmm. Does that always apply the same way when we're under the governing covenant of the new covenant? which is to take God's reality to the whole entire world. Mm-hmm. See, in the, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Bible, if you wanted to join God's people... Mm-hmm. Ruslan, you would pack your bags, mm-hmm. you would pack up your beautiful studio, mm-hmm. and you would go to Israel, right. and you'd live with the people, right. you'd get circumcised, right. you'd do what they do, right. you'll eat how, how they did, because right. that's the judicial system for the land. Right. Right. Many people can make the argumentation that many of these things that are identity markers mm-hmm. don't apply when we're in exile. Yeah. Right? And, and, and many did. Many, many in the Old Testament, yeah. Gentiles did do that, right? Mm-hmm. They, 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 they were welcomed in. And they culturally did that. Now, in the New Testament, though, there seems to be some distinction between folks who are Jewish Christians and folks who are Gentile Christians. So how would you look at that? I think there's grace. Okay. Right? So if you look at Romans 2, Romans 2 is one of my favorite passages. And Mm -hmm. even Dr. Michael Brown is clear. He's talking about two different Jews. Mm -hmm. 
the one who was accountable to be circumcised. Mm -hmm. Remember, that's not really his faithfulness. That's not your faithfulness. That's not my faithfulness. Mm -hmm. That's our parents' faithfulness mm -hmm. if we're walking in that covenant. Right. Sure. Right. So, but if an older man sh is not circumcised, he should get circumcised as a Jew. Right. Mm -hmm. This is part of covenant fidelity. Mm -hmm. But Paul wants to share something really careful with us. A really nice passage on there. Mm -hmm. He says, "If the uncircumcised man keeps the just requirements of the law, would not his uncircumcision be rendered as circumcision?" Mm. What's the problem with that passage? He's not circumcised. Yeah, but more than that, what's the problem with that passage? You tell me. Circumcision is a just requirement of the law. Mm, okay. Right? So what we're establishing now is how does someone made right with God, mm. not in the identity markers, but mm -hmm. rather in the morality, mm. right? How do you treat people? Mm -hmm. It's not that identity markers aren't important. Mm -hmm. We're just saying that we're under the new covenant where we're going to have people from Jamaica, China, all these people mm -hmm. coming into the truth of God. Mm -hmm. And I think that everything that's important is not urgent, mm. right? Okay. So when we start looking at a Jamaican congregation, and people always say I bring up Jamaicans, but I like dancehall music. So, so, <laughs> <Johnny> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when we look at like these Jamaican churches, right, right, that are far from the natural branches from the Jewish people, right, right, do I expect them to go get circumcised and put on fringes and keep kosher mm -hmm. and keep the Sabbath? Absolutely not. I don't expect that to naturally happen. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think the sad part about the Messianic movement and some and some fringes and some expressions. Mm -hmm is that they think in the 1960s with the rebirth of the modern messy movement, now God has a people. Mm. As if for the past 2,000 years, he had no people. Mm. Right? Which contradicts Yeshua's words that nothing will prevail against his church, his community, his ecclesia, his called out ones, right? That's good. And so I think it's important to understand that we have to operate in the authority within local communities right. to receive from the Holy Spirit vision of how we live our lives. Mm. And so let's say you're an elder of a church, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm a rabbi of a Messianic congregation. Mm -hmm. It's not for me to go and tell your people to keep kosher, keep Shabbat, put on fringes and, all, and keep Passover and do all these things. Mm -hmm. But maybe we can have a conversation and seek the Holy Spirit for how we should lead our separate congregations. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's going to be the same. Right. But understanding that I think the apostles gave to the disciples mm -hmm. authority in local communities to receive vision from God mm -hmm. and how those communities should, should be reflected. And so it, it seems like it seems like we're saying the same thing. And I'll give you a personal example, and then we'll, I'll give you uh, what I think is a scriptural example, where we see first uh, um, in Acts 7, was Acts 15, they have mm -hmm. this whole showdown, and, and the, they're like, the Gentiles are getting saved, the Gentiles are getting saved, uh, but there's the Ju Judaizers that are coming in and telling them they got to, you know, get circumcised and do all this other mm -hmm. stuff. And then it sounds like Galatians is basically a book debating that. And so is, is what I'm kind of gathering from you is is that like in Acts 15, they decide what they should and shouldn't do. And then there's a confrontation, and but it is going back to local ecclesias and so how to navigate the law. Yeah, I think the problem is we're not in 2023, mm -hmm. we're not always answering the same question okay. that Paul and the Acts 15 council were answering. Okay. See, they were answering, do Jews need to be circumcised, which is just shorthand for converting, mm -hmm. to keep the law? Because remember, it isn't just should they get circumcised or are they getting circumcised? Mm -hmm. Do they need to be circumcised according to the custom of Moses? Many right. people miss that custom of Moses part. Mm -hmm. Not you specifically, but just generally. Mm -hmm. The custom of Moses was conversion. Okay. That I need to become a Jew mm -hmm. right, to right, have right, status right. within the house of Israel. Right. And the circumcision is the shorthand for that. Mm -hmm. Acts nor Galatians deals with someone who knows that they're not adding to the cross, mm -hmm. that they're not being saved in their keeping of the Torah, mm -hmm. of the identity markers, mm -hmm. right? That they're not adding anything to their salvation or depth of relationship to the Lord, but rather the Holy Spirit leads me in the community that I'm in mm -hmm. to walk in these identity markers sure. as part of my community. Yep. See, it doesn't address that. 
Mm-hmm. It only addresses those who are looking to do it to be saved or to get an extra footing on or to add to the depth of their salvation. Mm-hmm. That's what Judaizing is. It yeah. isn't just doing Jewish things. Mm-hmm. It's are you doing Jewish things to be saved? Got it. Okay. So then from your perspective, like the confrontation between Paul and Peter, what, how would you look at that specific confrontation? It's, it's a tricky situation, right? Uh-huh. But within the first century— and even before that, and we mm-hmm. see this within, and, and I'll, I'll lead with a little bit of a story. I've, I've worked in restaurants my whole life, mm-hmm. most of my whole life, adult mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And I worked in restaurants that weren't kosher restaurants, but we would have Jewish people come to the resorts that I worked at. Mm-hmm. And some would be quasi-religious, quasi-traditional. And they would order some of the kosher wine, but they wouldn't allow the Gentiles to serve it to them. Mm. You know why? Because Gentiles, from a rabbinic perspective, are unclean just because they're Gentiles Mm -hmm. and idol worshipers. There's become a conflation Mm -hmm. with because you're from the nations, you're an idolater. Mm -hmm. But within the Torah, you're only an idolater if you're an idolater. It's got nothing to do with actual ethnic or genetics. So I think in the first century, Mm -hmm. Peter was being influenced by these ideas of being contaminated by those who were Gentiles, Mm -hmm. right? So he didn't want to eat with them Mm -hmm. because he was afraid of those who were coming down because these people didn't become Jews and go through the conversion. Right. So the Judaizers who were coming down, Peter was afraid of what they would think of him. So he held himself, the Bible says, aloof Mm -hmm. and he pulled back from Mm those so that that's what's going on that he's dealing with the superstition mm-hmm. within the first century which shouldn't have been like if you and me go out to eat right let's say mm-hmm. uh rabbi and i want to go out to eat after this mm-hmm. all right let's go out right mm-hmm. i'm not going to eat pork or shrimp mm-hmm. but if you order a pork chop i'm not going to not eat with you mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying sure and i think that's the heart of what it was and i think that was the problem that peter was having he wanted to disassociate himself with mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. because the judaizers weren't going to approve of them got it which 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 Sounds like an orthodox interpretation of Galatians. Yeah. So, so, so what I'm, what I'm. So I'm not a heretic. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, well, well, because I think people will look at the Messianic movement and then weaponize aspects of it, and and basically tell people they need to keep all of the law. Yeah. Right. And so we're seeing this from um, some of the the, the, the the Hebrew stuff, the Hebrew Israelites, right? Which that, mm-hmm. that's a wide spectrum yeah. in and of itself. And then we're seeing uh, guys like Young Don, who you've sat down mm-hmm. with, Bryson Gray, who also keeps the law. And it seems like some of what you're saying will kind of get weaponized, but what I'm hearing you say is different than what they're saying. What I'm hearing you say is, if you want to be part of a Messianic community— this is these are our customs. Yeah, I think each local community has the right to hear from the Holy Spirit how God is driving them. Right. Even even with disagreements about women elders and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a couple of people who have a woman elder, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Well, are you saying XYZ or God's gonna be displeased when we being a woman? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really think that's the issue. I think I'm going to spur you on to seek the Holy Spirit, how your congregation should be run in mm-hmm. these matters. Mm-hmm. These aren't, aren't salvific issues. Mm-hmm. And I respect your role as you function in, but you just can't have that role in my congregation. Mm. Right? And I respect your role to do that. And I give, I believe that God gave you the right to hear from him how yes. you should conduct yourself. Yep. And I don't have jurisdiction over your community. And I think so that's interesting. And I think that's the problem with um this access to everybody that we have yep. and the clubhouse thing. Everybody yep. thinks clubhouse is a church, right? Yep. Clubhouse yeah, yeah. is not a church. Yep. YouTube is not a church. Yep. Our channels are not churches. Yep. They should be extensions of communities yes. and their own things. And we have different formats, yep. but many people think this is a church. The mm-hmm. reality is the authority is given to the elders mm-hmm. of a local community to receive vision and spirit from God. How do we conduct ourselves mm-hmm. with our local communities and what's our vision? And mm-hmm. I'm on, and I'm okay with saying, 
I don't always hear perfectly from God, mm -hmm. and this lady doesn't always hear perfectly from God. Mm -hmm. And on the non-essentials, we can differ. Because you know what? When the Lord cracks the sky, he's not going to say, hey, Rabbi Ed, how you doing? Mm -hmm. He's not going to say, hey, I'm here for Messianic Judaism. Mm -hmm. he's gonna say, I'm, not, I'm here for the Armenian Apostolic. Right. Oh, I'm here for the Baptists or the Pentecostals or the right. Calvinists. He's saying, I'm coming back for my bride. Right. Right. And the right. bride is going to be made up of multiple different people. Right. And you know what? And all the non-essentials that we disagreed with aren't going to matter. And yeah. I think it's important for me to just premise this. Yeah. My view of the Torah, my yeah. view of the law yeah. is that it's overarching. Yeah. All of the teaching needs to be related to it. But specifically the Sinai covenant has, covenant has two aspects to mm -hmm. it. It has morality. Mm -hmm. And this is what Sodom, Gomorrah, the Assyrians and the Babylonians and everyone was, was judged for, even Israel. Mm -hmm. And then you have identity markers. Mm -hmm. Kosher, Sabbath, mm -hmm. fringes, yep. um, the biblical holidays. The bi these are identity markers for Israel, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. the, here goes the caveat. Israel was always made up of Jews and Gentiles. There was always a mixed multitude that left the mountain, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about what do we do in 2023 under the governing covenant of the new covenant, mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of grace. And I think it's very wise of God, mm -hmm. if I do say so myself, if I can't be so bold, yeah, right? Yeah. I think it's very wise of the Lord to make how we get in based upon the, his son, yep. based upon the second person of trying God who gave himself, yep. and not based upon whether my strings are tied right or whether sure. the mazoo is on my door. Sure. Now, I just want to say for all the people watching who are going to call me a heretic rabbi or not a rabbi, I have mazoos on my door. Yeah. I wear the fringes, the CTs. Yeah. I do these things. But yeah. when I stand before the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, when he returns, yeah. I'm not going to stand before him and say, look at what I got on my pants. Right, 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 right. Look at what I got on my shirt. Look at the yarmulke I got. Yeah. Got him. Got him yeah. on. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not going to stand before him and I'm going to say, I was a sinner. Yeah. You washed me in the blood of the Lamb yep. and I stood in your grace every day of my life. Yep. And then well done, good and faithful servant. I think what, what I'm hearing you say is it sounds like you're saying identity markers are good and and... I would categorize identity markers similar to how I would categorize like a personal conviction, a strong personal conviction. Is yeah. that is that a fair framing of it? I, I think the identity markers have a stronger hold okay. than the um, personal convictions, okay. but they're not not related. How, how about an right? ecl ecclesiastical? I think position? it's an I think it's an ecclesiastical position, a, a, a local yeah. church yeah. conviction. Ruslan, if we had a brother sitting here, yeah, drug drug addict, alcoholic, mm -hmm. terrible. Life. Mm -hmm. Think of any grotesques you're watching on the stream, any grotesque thing you could possibly think of. I got mm -hmm. a brother in front of me saying, Rabbi Ed Ruslan, I need to get my life right. Mm -hmm. I'm a mess. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going down a bad path. Mm -hmm. You think I'm going to tell him, hey, first thing you got to do, stop eating pork. <laughs> got to keep kosher, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You working on the Sabbath? Yeah. No, no. I'm right, going to say, right. brother, we got we to gotta pray over you. We got to right. feed you. We got to right. see what your issues are. Right. We got to get you off of the things that are contaminate your brain. Let's yep. get you whole yep. and let's start dealing with the things that are yeah, affecting you, right? That's good. And let's get you into the community. And yeah. then from there, we go forward. You know, the interesting thing is I hear people that would call themselves Protestants be harsher with the ethnic identities than I may see, like, then you're being right now, and this is what I mean. Not all, because I, I try not to generalize, but some Seventh-day Adventists who are very militant about the Sabbath mm -hmm. will tell non-Seventh-day Adventist Protestants that we've taken the mark of the beast if we don't keep the literal because they have another gospel, mm. right? They make their Sabbath the most important thing. Right. I'm not saying— Yeah, we're not saying all Seventh-day Adventists. Agreed, just, agreed. Just, we're just, just saying so the so one who clear. says what you're saying, right? right? right, right. The one, anyone who says, if you're not part of my group— mm -hmm. You're not saved. 
Come on, brother. Yeah. That that's a cult, right? Right, 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 right But right. anyone who says outside of Jesus, Yeshua, you're not saved. Yes. They're preaching the gospel. Yes. Right. And so yes. that's the difference, right? Yep. Yep. I don't believe that my congregation has absolute truth. I don't mm -hmm. believe my congregation is consistent on mm -hmm. every single point. The mm -hmm. Bible is consistent. God is consistent. Mm -hmm. And we're seeking to reflect that. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's interesting is when people come into my congregation, let's say you visit me, Bethlehem mm -hmm. PA, you want to come through mm -hmm. and you say, Hey Rabbi Mark, hey Rabbi Ed, mm -hmm. you think I'm I'm giving you a frisk for your fringes and looking for them? No, brother. Right, right, right. We don't do that to people who visit <laughs> or become members, right? Yeah. But it's not that we don't teach that this is a good thing. May the Holy Spirit lead, sure. you, lead you in that sure. thing. You know what I'm saying? So, does, so in your local congregation, uh, is everyone wearing fringes, keeping Shabbat, no. and keeping kosher? Okay, so that's... No, okay. I, so, okay, that's interesting. So I've had people who visit the congregation for several months who still eat shrimp, right? Okay. Now, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I mm -hmm. think if, if God calls you to our community... Mm -hmm. I feel that someone should walk in step with that vision of the community, gotcha. right? Like, think about your church, right? You guys have a vision to worship on Sunday. Mm -hmm. You have services on Sunday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. And somebody shows up and says, hey, the Holy Spirit told me to show up on Friday morning. Mm -hmm. But hold up, hold up. Right, we right, we right. meet on Thursday and, and Sunday, right? Yep. And I think that if you're called to our congregation, mm -hmm. the Holy, I want the Holy Spirit to bring you there. I don't mm -hmm. want you to come because our streams look good, mm -hmm. because the preaching looks good, mm -hmm. or, you, or anything like that, mm -hmm. right? Come because the Holy Spirit brought you. And you feel the call of the vision of the community, Got right? It. That's good. And I think that within elders, if you're an elder, I'm an elder, we get other elders, mm -hmm. we can talk. How do we how do we bring the body of Messiah closer to where she needs to be? Mm -hmm. And 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 all those things we can work out and talk out while majoring on the majors. And so you guys meet on Saturdays? We meet on Saturdays. And how, how many people usually show up on a, on a so Saturday? So we get forty morning? to fifty people. Okay. And we get about two hundred, three hundred people who watch it online, online during, okay. during the thing that happens, which is pretty good. That's dope. You know what I mean? That's pretty I good. I mean, forty for the view, I feel like that's that's a that's a tight knit community. It is. You it is do it's life a strong community. Yeah. Oh, we do real life with people, yeah. man. We yeah. counsel people, we yeah. deal with life cycle too. That yeah. that'll be one of the differences between Protestantism and what we do in Messianic Judaism. Uh -huh. Our life cycles are different. What does that mean? So we circumcise on the eighth day okay. for kids, and okay. we'll even circumcise non-Jewish babies, uh -huh. right? Not because the non-Jewish babies are becoming Jewish, uh -huh. but because these families have made a commitment to walk with the natural branches, uh -huh. and we invite them into that as as co-heirs, like Ephesians sure. says, brought sure. near to the covenant, you know? Sure. We'll do bar bar mitzvahs mm -hmm. for Jewish and non-Jewish kids, right? Mm -hmm. um, we do Jewish wedding ceremonies. And so there aren't so many differences, but our calendar mm -hmm. follows basically the biblical calendar okay. and the biblical holidays. Interesting. So we don't do Christmas. We don't do Easter. Okay. And we don't teach our people to do Christmas and Easter. Okay. But I have zero issue with fighting with people about Christmas and Easter. But if they're doing Christmas and Easter on their own, you're not and the, so, you're not kicking them out or they're not under church so, discipline. No, I wouldn't think people are in this church discipline. We've had people put like uh put like uh they're called the Hanukkah bush uh -huh. in their house uh -huh. and do hybrid things. These are things that we counsel people with and though, but you're not out of the community for these certain things, right? Sure. But we would counsel people to walk in the vision of the community, right? Gotcha. Because a big part of what we're called to do is to be a light to the traditional Jewish people, mm -hmm. to have a place where they could I come and you. feel at home and feel I welcome. So that's a very that's a so very your mission and vision is different. It is, it yep. is, and yep. and the and it's because the call is to do that. So we have people in the congregation doing things mm -hmm. that are are contrary to what the vision is. I mm -hmm. think that could be problematic. Now, that's and so and for me, like I have my own, you know. Um, convictions to not do Christmas, not do Easter. Mm -hmm. so I remember my son went into a, a we were, he was like two years old and we walked into like the Hobby Lobby, you know, mm -hmm. they got the big Christmas yep. thing. Yep. And he was like, <gasps> he was like mm -hmm. four with the last said, oh, you would have loved Christmas. Your daddy's Jewish. Come on, let's go. Your dad's a rabbi, right? And, it's okay. and look, and we make Hanukkah fun. We do yeah. gifts. We do all that sure, stuff. Sure, and, sure. and you know, but I think the cultural differences are okay. Yeah. But whenever I, I find people wanting to fight about Christmas and Easter, yeah. 
I tell them, I don't want to fight with you about Christmas and Easter, yeah. brother. Do what you feel the Holy Spirit is calling you to do in your community. Yep. And after I build a couple of hospitals and orphanages, yeah. then I'll fight with you about Christmas, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, let me focus on the things that are the primary things to the right. Messiah. And right. these other things are, are not are not the most important thing, right. in my opinion. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, the main things are the plain things, and the plain things are the main things. Agreed. And so if uh, we're doing life and we're going to have different outlets or expressions or identity markers like that's that can look different and so i asked about that because so armenian apostolics i'm sure you know that i think yeah. i don't know if we've talked about this before but um armenians who go way back to the apostle bartholomew who went and preached in armenia got martyred in armenia um him and thaddeus mm-hmm. um and you could actually go back and stand at the grave of a disciple of Thaddeus now, Crazy. you know, like one one person removed from a disciple. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of insane, right? That is. So Armenians and and then we have a quarter of the old town in in the in Jerusalem don't circumcise. They've never circumcised. Mm-hmm. And that's like I know that sounds crazy cuz even the whole conversation of circumcision is kind of weird in America because it's everyone kind of customary gets circumcised. But when you go outside of America, most folks don't get circumcised, mm-hmm. right? And so Armenians have never gotten circumcised. That's never been a thing. Now, when I uh, w- when I grew up, I did not get circumcised. And then there was the pogroms of Baku, which created all kinds of ethnic tension with the Muslims who were circumcised. Long story short, when I was like four or five, I had some sort of like urinary tract in- infection or something. And my mom ended up having to get me circumcised mm. later, mm. right? And so there was a moment... Um, uh, shout out to Celeste for the super chat. I appreciate you, sis. There was a moment where my dad had moved on and everybody left Baku, which again, were, were Ar- Armenians culturally. I'm, my dad's Armenian. My mom's uh, adopted by an Armenian family. But we're, I'm fair-skinned. My mom's fair-skinned. Mm-hmm. We stay back in, Az- in Azerbaijan, in Baku, and the violence is breaking out. And these guys come into our home because they get wind that we're an Armenian family and they want all the Armenians out. Right. And so it's like this tense information. This is a crazy story. Crazy, I don't know so if crazy. I told you. Uh, and so my mom is like, no, 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 no. We're not Armenian. Look, my son is circumcised. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so like she she pulls Wisdom. Up, she Wisdom. pulls out my, my penis. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when my penis saved my family's life. Boom. The second time. <laughs> you gotta boom. <laughs> boom. <laughs> that's a that's a that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a that's trippy fine. story. It is. But but I I I share that with you because the the Armenian apostolic lineage of the church, one of the four major arms of the church, right? You have the first schism in 460, then you have the great schism of 1050, and then obviously the Protestant Reformation is one of the earliest arms of the church. And they knew back then that they were they were different, you know, and they mm-hmm. traced that all the way back to their Bartholomew planting the church in Armenia and circumcision not being something that was for the Armenian people yeah. who were Gentiles. So um, I say all that to say, like, there seems to be diversity within these ethnic markers going back thousands of years. Agreed. You know? 100%. And I think if you look at them any other way, Mm -hmm. if you make the identity markers, circumcision, Mm -hmm. kosher, Mm -hmm. Sabbath, biblical, if you make that the markers of God's people, that Mm -hmm. these are God's people now, if you don't do these, you're not God's people, then who's our group? Right. Who's our group? Right. And this is something I had to face with in this year, you know, doing more apologetics, doing more stuff with my channel, you yep. know, dealing with more people with different opinions and different perspectives, trying to figure out who's my group. Mm-hmm. Like who who do I need to have um my 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 no my hairs on, you know what I'm yes. saying, to come at, right? Yes. Um who who am I who am I aiming my sights on? Yeah. 
that I have to defend with the gospel. Yeah. And it's not Christians. Yeah. Right. I, I, when I made That's my good. channel, That's I wanted good. to refute Orthodox rabbis, right? Mm -hmm. My channel used to be called Messianic Judaism Unraveled. Mm -hmm. I quickly found that I have more heretics in my own camp <laughs> than anywhere else, That's right? That's crazy. So I wound up debating people on the oral law, those mm. who want to keep the rabbinic oral traditions as what you have, not just what the Bible says, yes. but also the rabbinic traditions are also not right with God, that this is what God desires. Gotcha. And I found myself having to debate this. So then I'm realizing who's my, who's my group? Mm. Who's my, who's my, who's my circle? Mm. Who do I, who do I have to protect, defend, and who do yeah. I have to go against? Right. Yep, yep. And, and I found, and it's going to sound crazy, mm -hmm. but my group were those who were in Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's good. Right. Now who kept Shabbat? Yep. Now who kept kosher? Yep. Now who was doing these other things? Who was in Yeshua trying to really walk this out? Who had the triune God? Yep. Who had the uncreated Messiah of the universe? Yep. Who had this one that is the true God of God? But those were my people, yep. right? Yep. And and so if we make the identity markers our people, then all these Orthodox Jews are going to be in the kingdom. Jesus, Yeshua doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. So I think that's, that's why people confuse Paul's words yeah. because he wants to elevate the Messiah above everything else. Yes. And, that, and, and we don't always have that view on there, but yep. his goal to make messiah number one yep. if you look at the passages through those lens it's much easier to yep. read them more consistently yeah sorry i was i was laughing at you because zach changed the thumbnail so look down to your left and it said <laughs> required should <laughs> 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 be circumcised and follow the law <laughs> i'm with it man i'm with it that's yo we can talk about all but that the, man. But, the, but the banana with the peel of the yeah. <laughs> bro i didn't know he changed it that that's is good hilarious. that's so good shout that's out to funny. zach i'm not sure if he's watching it oh uh, that's so funny uh, um, so what do you make of guys like a Bryson Gray that's yeah. like, I'm keeping the law, you yeah. know what I mean? And they'll read the the, the verses in G, you know, Jesus saying, that, you know, yeah. uh, workers of lawlessness, my yeah. law won't fall away. And what do you make of someone like that? And they're literally looking at every aspect of the law and saying, if you're a Christian, you're not keeping the law, you're going to hell. Well, so everybody's going to hell. Okay. <laughs> right? I mean, we can't, can't keep, keep the law. Yeah. We can't keep the law, right? right? I think... He, he says, I think for Bryson and for a lot of these guys, not Bryson in particular, I don't know Bryson personally. I had a couple of conversations with him. I don't know Bryson per, per, uh, perfectly. I texted him a couple of times and was on an after-party stream with him. I don't really know him. Mm -hmm. But pe most people like Bryson and like others. They have a very so close on the page yeah. that they can't really understand the wholeness of what scripture is. They don't know the inconsistency of their argumentation mm -hmm. and the grace of God that we have in some of these identity markers. Yeah. I, I can tell somebody, look, Dr. Brown has this, mm -hmm. this, uh, illustration. He mm -hmm. says, look, if I go up to my wife and I said, you know, I, I baby, I didn't wear my fringes mm -hmm. for three days. Mm -hmm. She's going to be like, baby, get it together. Mm -hmm. Stop, stop, stop what you're doing. Right? Right, 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 right. Now, what if I go and tell her I had three affairs this week? Right. She gonna treat me the same? Yeah. No, yeah. she's not. Right. <laughs> we we know and we know in and ourselves that right. there's a hierarchy to yes. these things and the most important things. And the Lord knows them himself. Yes. And he makes the way that we get in through the grace and through faith and walking in this morality, yeah. not so much the identity. And not that they're not important, yep. but that we can't put that over the free gift of the good. gospel, the free gift of the Messiah. That's good. So Dr. Michael Brown keep, wears fringes? No, he doesn't. Okay. But he was he when he, de he was debates people that. he goes gotcha, that he gotcha, uses gotcha, it gotcha. as a as a but look, I'll have people in my congregation who only wear the fringes with yep. a larger prayer shawl uh -huh. called the Tali, uh -huh. and they only wear it on Saturday morning, not uh -huh. weekly. Uh -huh. Who's fulfilling the commandment, me or them, when right. I wear them every day? Right. I would say we both are. Yep. There's just different ways of fulfilling sure. it, right? Sure. So, sure. sure. Yeah. Interesting, man. Yeah. I, I, I think what you said about everybody not being able to keep the law, I feel like that was the point of Jesus. 
when he's preaching in Matthew 5 yeah. and he's telling you, hey, like you've heard it was said, don't don't murder. I tell you, if you hate your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. You heard it said, don't lust after a woman. I tell you, if you've lusted after a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart, right? And the way I've always looked at that, and I think most Protestants look at that is go, whoa, that means we're all out, yeah, right? Because there's not a lot of men that, that I mean, again, Bryson Gray claims he's never lust or doesn't lust after women, doesn't have a thing, but there's not a lot of people I, I know that don't, haven't hated somebody and haven't committed a lust in their heart, mm -hmm. at least with adultery, mm -hmm. with, with, without adultery, but in their heart, right? Yeah. Which I, I think when you look at what Jesus is saying is he's taking the law and he's elevating it to a way where we are then reminded that we need the cross, we need grace. Yeah. Is that how you guys would look at it as well? Yeah, that's how we would, that's how we would look at it. Is okay. essentially, but I think the biggest thing we don't understand that we're under the law of the Messiah. Yep. It's called the Torah of the Mashiach. That's what we're under. We're under the Torah of the Messiah. We're not under just these ideas and notions that people think, oh, we just got to follow everything to follow everything specifically exactly the way it is there. I think we have to follow it within the way it is in our as, as it is in our life and as we can, as the Spirit leads us. The Spirit is vital for these things. I think people miss the need of the Holy Spirit mm. so, so much. The Holy Spirit is so vital. Mm. And if we have the Holy Spirit, what, is the, what does Yeshua say? It'll teach you all things. Yes. He'll guide you on all things. He'll yes. remind you of my word. Yes. And do we not even think in how we walk in the law? Yeah. How we walk in the identity markers? Yeah. I wouldn't say Christians are, to to are lawless. That's mm -hmm. what people say. Right. Christians are lawless. They're right. not lawless, right? Right. right? They're just not walking always in the identity markers of Israel. That's good. Now, I would say Gentiles are is part of Israel. Yeah. Right? Ephesians, they, they are yeah, brought they're, near they're to the covenant. In. They're part of the commonwealth of yeah. Israel. They're part of that tree while yeah. still being wild branches. Yeah. They're on a cultivated tree. They're part of God's people. Right. But they're not in the land or amongst the natural branches. Yeah. So their relationship to the identity markers are still spiritually true, yep. but not practically or functionally yep. active. So back to Romans 2, what mm -hmm. does it say? The uncircumcised Jew mm -hmm. who keeps the requirements of the law, his uncircumcision will be treated as circumcision. Mm -hmm. This is why I believe that the, the Gentile mm -hmm. who was part of Israel mm -hmm. Through Jesus, who doesn't keep kosher, mm -hmm. doesn't keep the Sabbath, doesn't do these things, if they're walking in the morality, mm -hmm. they're non-kosher eating, mm -hmm. they're non-Sabbath keeping, can mm -hmm. be rendered as though they kept it, mm -hmm. making God still just. Because mm -hmm. he doesn't have a different standard for one or the other, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because Israel was always made up of a mixed multitude. Sounds like you're saying you don't have to play the Holy Spirit in people's lives. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to be the police. Yeah. Right? Now, do you guys do a literal tithe? So we do, okay. but not because the Hebrew Bible forces us to do a tithe today. Uh -huh. So we take the principle of 10% mm -hmm. as a good principle. Okay. And so we've implemented that into our membership yep. by the wisdom of Rabbi Mark Shulman, big shout to you, yep. to as a good place for people to start while saying that the Bible requires generosity. That's good. Above that, so we make it I mean, a model. That sounds yeah. like a lot we of make, Protestants. <laughs> we make, yeah, we yeah. make it a model, but yeah. we're not saying, oh, because my rabbi is actually a Levite. Mm -hmm. He's actually descended from Levites, like mm -hmm. that's his family line, goes mm -hmm. back to Levi, and so the tithe would go to the Levites and to the priests and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. But we're not in that system. It requires the temple to be functioning mm -hmm. for actual tithes to be given in that sense of the mm -hmm. tithe to be given in. So well, I think it's a good principle mm -hmm. that we bring in in our vision mm -hmm. as part of our membership stuff that we implement in our local authority, Got it. which is kosher and it makes sense and it's balanced and it's, yeah. I think is the right interpretation. Yeah, it's good. I mean, listen, man, it sounds a lot like Protestants or evangelicals that would will by conscience restrain from certain things or do certain things as, as, as 
moral laws, moral principles without um, viewing them as the things that make you right with God. Agreed. Like, that, like that's kind of what I'm hearing, meaning that like there are seasons, I'm, I'm going to use a flawed example, so forgive me because it's going to be a bad metaphor, but there are seasons where people may want to go and avoid or, or remove listening to secular music or consuming secular media, right? But we don't. We know that those things are wise, and they might be good ethnic identity markers, not literal mm-hmm. ethnic, but like identity, like I am going to be separate from the world because if I'm indulging and consuming all of these things in the world, I'm going to start thinking like the world, I'm going to start acting like the world, so I'm going to remove myself from listening to certain types of media, consuming certain types of media, but I don't find my righteousness in the removal or in the absence of said media. I'm actually doing this as a conviction for the Holy Spirit because I'm like, God's telling me, hey man, you might want to pull back on some of this stuff. So it's not that I'm avoiding listening to secular music because I'm more righteous than you. I'm avoiding secular music, secular media because it's wise Mm -hmm. and God's convicting me to do that. Maybe indefinitely, maybe for a season, who knows, right? Is is, uh, is that a reasonable It's It's similar. I would just say that we actually have in the written word of God these identity markers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I believe that it would give them a higher level of importance. Mm-hmm. But even within that, so mm-hmm. I, I did a video once that talks about within the Torah, the five books of Moses, mm-hmm. consists the necessity of a new covenant, mm-hmm. right? Look at the Deuteronomy 28 passages, the curses. Mm-hmm. What were those curses? The mm-hmm. curses were, were destruction. Mm-hmm. Mothers were going to eat their own babies. They were mm-hmm. going to eat, and it literally was going to be destruction, destruction, destruction. Mm-hmm. And so... We're in the phase now where God never really held Israel to those specific laws. He didn't hold them directly to it. Mm-hmm. He had a grace with them in dealing with it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there is a grace, and I think many people within the Messianic perspective, the mm-hmm. Hebrew's perspective, mm-hmm. are not allowing the whole Bible to speak that we are under the law of Messiah, which brings over many things from the New Co- from the Hebrew Bible and mm-hmm. from the Sinai Covenant, but we don't have the same relationship to it. Yeah. We have to approach it as by the leading of the Spirit. And I would say that on the other side, you have the other side of the coin, right? Mm-hmm. Where many Christian Gentile churches say, you're not saved because you're putting fringes on your clothes. You're not Whoa. saved because you're keeping the Sabbath. You're not saved because you won't eat pork, right? Yeah. yeah. And we can't divorce it from the the real history of forced conversions where my family came from. Yep. Forced conversions into Catholicism where right. they would make you eat pork. They would make mm. you get immersed. So I think within the church, there still stems that, that you're outside of God's people. Because remember, he never put this on people. Hold on for a second. Mm-hmm. What was the real thing he was dealing with? Mm-hmm. People converting, meaning getting circumcised mm-hmm. to be saved. That mm-hmm. says nothing to, about a Messianic Jewish community mm-hmm. walking in these things as they're led by the Spirit, not for salvation. Yeah. But they would say, even that's wrong because mm-hmm. now you're putting yourself under the law. I can say with Paul, everybody watching, I am not under the law. All right. <laughs> I'm not under the law 100%, right? Yeah. I'm not under the law. Yeah. And then for, for going back, swinging around back to the Bryson Gray and these people who want to make everybody do the law. Mm-hmm. Here's the question I will ask them. So they would say, the Torah is holy, just, and good. And mm-hmm. I would say, amen. Mm-hmm. But I would also say the Torah is a mediator of death. Mm. So how does that relate? How does that relate? See, the Torah is good. The law, I'm saying the Mosaic Covenant right mm-hmm. now, is good. But what does it say? Be good, Ruslan. Be good, Ed. Mm-hmm. Be good, everybody on the mm-hmm. chat. Mm-hmm. And what are we saying? We can't be good. We can't be mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So we need the new covenant mm-hmm. for the Messiah to come, pay the price for us, for the new birth, so we can have the Holy Spirit inside of us that leads us into all godliness and holiness so we can pursue God's path for us. Mm-hmm. But it's not a one-to-one equation with mm-hmm. the Sinai Covenant. Yeah. That's good, man. I like it. I like everything you're saying. So let me let me uh, bounce some, some ideas off of you. So where are you guys? Uh, you guys baptize? We do. Okay. 
Um, when I was in Israel, I found out that there was baptisms before Jesus. That there oh, was yeah, a man. lot of baptisms. Oh yeah, 100%. I was like, what? And they were like, that's how people were able to. That's how they were baptizing thousands of people. When we were pulling into the old city, there was all these like, um, I don't know what you call them, like baptismals, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so they were able to to baptize at scale. So you guys mm -hmm. do baptize. Um, we do. Uh, okay. Original sin versus total depravity. Where do you guys land on that? So we kind of fall inside of the middle, right? Okay. Um, so we're not Calvinist. We don't okay. lean Calvinistic at all. Okay. And really, we don't think... It could be just the Jewish background mm -hmm. of, of that the way the Orthodox uh, Rabbi Mark Schumann was brought up. Yeah. We don't systematize these things as much as Christian churches do. Uh -huh. um, but we have ideas about these things, right? Okay. That man inherited a sinful nature. Yep. And therefore, man is always going to be battling that flesh. Yep until they receive a new body. Yep. And so that's kind of where we fall on that. And this mm -hmm. is why Yeshua, Jesus, doesn't need a new body mm -hmm. at the resurrection. It still mm -hmm. has holes in it mm -hmm. because it was never pierced or permeated by sin. Mm -hmm. So that's why he doesn't need a new body, right? Mm -hmm. If the body gets glorified, but he doesn't have a new one. It mm -hmm. still has the same holes in it mm -hmm. because it was never permeated or touched by sin. Sin mm -hmm. did not permeate the nature of the Messiah. Interesting. But for human beings, we're permeated by it. That's why we need a new body, that's right? Good. We inherit sin nature, and mm -hmm. this is the need for the virgin birth. Mm -hmm. So... That's kind of where where we land on that, right? And and I believe that our lives will, if we're if we're if we're being honest, the walk with the Messiah looks like this, mm -hmm. right? And so we'll have ups and downs, and we'll wave like this. But ideally, you're five, ten years in a game. You look back from when you first came to know mm -hmm. the Lord. Mm -hmm. You should have some victories in your life, Amen. and not that you don't still have battles. Yep. And the reality is, there might be some battles we'll have till the Lord returns or mm -hmm. till we you know, see him after we die, right? So we're all going to still have some battles, mm -hmm. but we should have these victories progressively incremental milestones mm -hmm. of successes as we walk with him. But it's not like temptation is not going to be all yep. over the place, brother. You know, I, I teach young people, if you if you see walking by, you see a girl you shouldn't look at, put your hands up, brother. Mm -hmm. Do what you got, you know, because mm -hmm. that we really live in the world yep. where things are tempting and yep. you still have the flesh. And yep. don't matter, you could be the biggest preacher, the biggest rabbi, yep. we still have more sanctification to work That's on. That's good. Okay, uh, salvation by grace through faith. Amen. Okay. 100%. Okay, what about the other solas in the Protestant? So yeah, so we don't even really deal with those kind of solas like that. We sure. don't think like that. So we're not Calvinistic. So yeah, we yeah. don't we don't really lean that way. What right? about like sola scriptura, like scriptures of final yeah, authority? Yeah, 100%. Genesis okay. to Revelation, 100% yep. is, is yep. the word of God. And where did this movement, like where in the timeline did this movement come out of? Because it sounds like... it kind of came out of Protestant circles. Yeah, I, but, I can but tell it, you about that. It's you know an interesting what I mean? story. Like, yeah, so, it's interesting. and how old is it? All right, so before we swing into that, let me okay. just say something about like um, Revelation and what we believe. Yeah. So I believe that God has been, God spoke through unfiltered inspiration through his disciples, through the prophets of old. The, the inspired word of God is Genesis to Revelation. Mm -hmm. For the Messianic movement though, Jewish tradition does play into how we do things, mm -hmm. but it does not trump anything in scripture, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. we pick up and put down Jewish tradition, as the Holy Spirit leads us, we're mm -hmm. not bound to it. So I just do want to say that. Mm -hmm. People say, well, if you're solo scriptura, why do you wear a yarmulke? Why do you wear a prayer shawl, mm -hmm. which is a tali? Mm -hmm. Why do you wear tie your fringes a certain way? And mm -hmm. why do you... Mm -hmm. So the Jewish tradition does play into our life. It's part of what we do. Mm -hmm. So, But it, it does not trump scripture at all, right? So where did the Messianic movement come from? There have always been Jewish believers in Jesus, mm -hmm. but they were scattered. Mm -hmm. In the end of the uh, 1800s, before the World Wars, there were more Jewish believer scholars, say, than there are today. Mm -hmm. And they had a high level of clout 
and they were hmm. in government and politics, and they were dealing with different spheres. Hmm. And this is where you get the translation of the New Testament into Hebrew mm -hmm. by Franz Delich. Mm -hmm. And you get other people doing this. It was a Lutheran scholar, mm -hmm. uh, Franz Delich, and his they believe his father was a Jewish guy, and he might have even had some Jewish heritage as well. He mm -hmm. would confound the Jewish boys from the yeshiva, and this was happening overseas, and he got together with uh, Lichtenstein, mm -hmm. who wrote a commentary to his Hebrew translation. This is late 1800s, mm -hmm. all right? Um, translated into biblical Hebrew phenomenon. Mm -hmm. I mean, this massive. These guys were known as Christian Hebraists. And these, when you say you talk about the New Testament, the New Testament getting into biblical Hebrew into biblical Hebrew. a biblical Hebrew style. Got you. Um, same punctuations, all that stuff. So what we're finding is this resurgence. Many Jewish people, their Jewish institutes that are being brought up in Europe and stuff like that. A lot of Jewish people coming to the Lord with the world wars and what occurred with the Nazis and mm -hmm. the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Many Jewish believers left the faith mm. and walked away and really mm. crippled it. Mm. And then so when you get to the 1950s, 60s with the Jesus movement, mm -hmm. everybody knows about the Jesus movement and, and the 80s, 90s, street revivals yep. and all these stems that go through. Yep. What most churches don't know about mm -hmm. are these group of Jewish hippie drug users, mm -hmm. partiers yep. who came to Jesus Yeshua yep. and wanted to answer the question, how do we remain as Jews as being believers in Jesus? See, mm. originally, and then it wound up being the Hebrew Christian Alliance of America. Interesting. Which, as time went on, which was much older, and that's like 100 years old, the, yeah. the Hebrew Christian Alliance of America, over 100 years old, uh -huh. you know, from those same groups of people. Sure. So when you get to the 60s, now there is this call of the Spirit mm -hmm. to say, what do we, how can we more closely identify with our Jewishness, because mm -hmm. Hebrew Christian Alliance doesn't feel right, even though it's a semantic thing. Christian mm -hmm. Messianic means the same thing. They're sure. just the baggage we give it. Sure. But how can we more closely identify with our Jewish identity? Okay. So then they called it the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America. Right? Interesting. And so as you go, and then you have the UMJC, which came a, few, a couple of decades later, around the 70s, 80s, sometime around there. Don't quote me on that. But then you have the UMJC. So now you have the Messianic Jewish Alliance and then the IMCS. Those are the ones that ordained me. I received ordination in January as a full Messianic Congrats. rabbi. Congrats. Thank you, brother. And so they're, they're the ordaining body. These are Jewish guys. They won't ordain someone as a rabbi if they're not Jewish. Like you have to have Jewish heritage to be a Messianic rabbi. Got you. So this is kind of where it came from. Mm -hmm. And now I believe that the phase they were in now is the, I call it the urbanization of Messianic Judaism. Okay. So basically, this is now where we're exporting Messianic Judaism mm -hmm. from its original 60s hippie matrix, hmm. white Ashkenazic Jewish hippie matrix, mm -hmm. Reform, Orthodox, Conservative Jews coming to Jesus. And with the rise of the internet, now this is giving birth to the Hebrew Roots Movement, mm. the fringe churches, mm -hmm. the people like the Bryson Grays and the others who want to observe the law, and the Young Dons, who want to observe the law mm -hmm. in their house. Mm -hmm. with the, I don't know if Bryson Gray does go to a church, but I'm just saying people who are like that and similar like that, not exactly, no shade at all, just saying similar, mm -hmm. that they feel they can have a Torah-observant Messianic lifestyle mm. disconnected from community, mm. right? So now we have this urbanization, which rises to what? Heresy. Mm. Jesus isn't God. Swinging mm. back to the original topic. Mm. So now you have these fringe movements with no eldership, mm. believing that because they have access to the books and the YouTube channels and they see the services and they can YouTube how to chant certain liturgy and they mm -hmm. can YouTube how to read something in Hebrew, that now they are the elder of their home. And this for me is very dangerous, right? Because now when I, when I turn my camera on and I go on a stream, mm -hmm. all those part of the steering committee of the IMCS, those brothers watch my streams. Mm. I've been pulled in and had conversations. Because you got covering. I got covering. Got I got pulled got in. Accountability. I've got pulled in for a video they didn't like I did. Mm. Right? And we talked about it and we worked it out. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm under authority. Yeah. Rabbi Mark tells me if he thinks I did good or didn't do bad. He's like mm. a father to me. He mm. don't play games. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I have a covering. Right. Right? Many people 
who want to be their own elder mm. and their own congregation and their own deacon yeah. <laughs> and their own treasurer, yeah. right? Don't have the same sort of covering huh. to help keep them in check and keep them in the lane. And I think that this urbanization of Messianic Judaism is very dangerous. Yeah. And then we get these people who want to observe the oral law yeah. because of, and so talking about the oral law, are you familiar with the Torah, oral law? No. All right, so the oral law is the, also called the oral Torah. Mm -hmm. It is the belief that when God gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai, he also gave an authoritative binding oral uh -huh. okay. accompaniment. Okay, I have heard of this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are people within, quote, Messianic congregations who believe that we must keep the oral law, mm. and this is what God is prescribing for all of humanity. I had a debate on it mm -hmm. against against another gentleman, and I think the debate, a Godlogic Apologetics held it, mm -hmm. hosted it, Avery. Yep. And so we had that debate. Yeah. And um, and I think that this, my side, came out favorable mm -hmm. and showed to be more consistent. Mm -hmm. And so these people are learning this from the urbanization of Messianic Judaism because of the internet. And then they go and live in Orthodox communities, right? They try to dwell amongst them and they and they 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 bow to the Orthodox rabbis as if they have absolute truth, mm. having no real messianic leadership over them sometimes. Mm. And it has multiple manifestations. Interesting. And what I do say to people all the time, which I think is vital for people to understand, when the rabbis, I'm talking about the traditional Orthodox rabbis, yeah. are right, yeah. they're right. Yeah. When the traditional rabbis are wrong. They're wrong. Yep. If yep. the traditional rabbis are always wrong, that's anti-Semitic. Mm. If the traditional rabbis are always right, mm -hmm. that's idolatry. It's good. And so it's I think good. a lot of people are falling into these different camps that are that are very dangerous because of the urbanization of Messianic Judaism, right? It almost sounds like the appropriation of Messianic Judaism. Could be. Could you be. You know? Could like, be. Like, like it, it, it being... Because I think, like what you're describing, I mean, I think you hit it on, on the head, right? Like, like you're trying to be a part of something outside of its local ecclesial mm -hmm. benefits, right? Yeah. Or, or or covering, if you will. Yeah. And so, and and you're backdooring this, I would say, perversion of Protestantism in the sense of you're not talking so less scriptura, you're talking so low subscriptor. Yeah. Yeah. I can just pick up the Bible on and my own, my no covering, no, no creeds, no church history, and, and it's self-interpreting, and I can yeah. figure it all out. And yeah. that's how you get some of these wonky theologies. Yeah. We're yeah. like, oh, like, I mean, Brandon, uh, Bryson Gray and Brandon Tatum are verbatim quoting Jehovah's Witnesses' views yeah. of Jesus. Like yeah. oh no 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 that in the Greek that John one one doesn't says in the beginning was the word the words where the word was with God and the word was God no no it it actually says the word was a God I'm like you got you know no, that's a dud. that is that's what a dud. the Jewish I mean the uh, the the Jehovah's Witnesses literally yeah. changed that's a dud. that in yeah. in the original and it's it's I think it's because of everything you're just describing you're describing yeah. something that has been removed from the actual essence of it. Yeah. Well, so I did my undergrad at Muhlenberg College. Mm -hmm. I was a double major in Jewish studies and religion studies. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing an MDiv in uh, biblical and biblical languages now at mm -hmm. Liberty, right? Mm -hmm. And so my religion studies courses, secular college, mm -hmm. we don't say that something's not Messianic Judaism mm -hmm. or we don't say something's not Christian. So mm -hmm. we'll say Jehovah Witnesses are Christian. I will confessionally. Mm -hmm. But when you write about these things, you don't, you take the word of the person who says it mm -hmm. and then you break it down, right? Gotcha. So, so for me to say urbanization of Messianic Judaism, I, I put it an appropriation is a good 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 word to use too mm -hmm. but I think it's starting from that place and I think mm -hmm. we're saying the same thing but it's starting from that place mm -hmm. and then going out but, mm -hmm. but all urbanization of Messianic Judaism isn't bad mm -hmm. I'm a byproduct of the urbanization of Messianic right, Judaism right, right? right. 40 years ago mm -hmm. I would not have been I don't think it would have been so easy for me to be accepted in some of these circles mm -hmm. right 
not because of of the biases of the circles, mm-hmm. but just the access to information and yep. people and, and just being able to travel and the youngness of the of the movement, right? The youth right. of the movement. Just right. say, you know, so because I'm really outside of that matrix in a lot of ways, but we've progressed and actually being able to be on your podcast, I think is part of the fruit of the urbanization of Messianic Judaism. Hmm. If we're had to have a Messianic rabbi come on a, a, a big YouTube channel, mm-hmm. is a big Christian YouTube, is mm-hmm. part of the urbanization of Messianic Judaism, right? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so let me let me think of some other things. Um, eternal security, free will, lose your salvation. Where are you yeah. guys at with that kind of stuff? So we we believe in eternal security when you actually have it, right? Okay. So salvation is not. The more you keep talking, I'm like, man, this is all the same stuff yeah, I yeah, believe. Yeah. He said, I believe in eternal security. If you actually have yeah. it, this is literally yeah. when anybody says, Ruslan, you believe in once saved, always saved. I go, well, how do you define saved? Yeah, agreed. What do you mean by saved? Do you mean you said some prayer at some summer camp because there was mm-hmm. emotional music playing and you yep. had goosebumps and so you emotionally put your hand up instead of made a decision mm-hmm. for Jesus or did you actually get born again? Yeah. You know, go ahead. I, yeah, sorry, no, I you're you good. I, I think the Torah, the, the when I say Torah, I'm talking about the five books of Moses. I think the five books of Moses has an interesting thing for us. The children of Israel were delivered from Egypt. Mm-hmm. But everybody didn't make it in the promised land, mm-hmm. right? So all of these people were on the trage- trajectory for deliverance, mm-hmm. trajectory for salvation, mm-hmm. meaning that the salvation was actualized. Mm-hmm. They actually got delivered from their oppressors. They mm-hmm. were free, mm-hmm. but they didn't receive the culmination of that freedom, mm-hmm. right? This is why Paul refers to it as an endurance race, a marathon, mm-hmm. yep. something I keep going. I beat right. my body. Right, I right, continue right, 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 working. Right. Yep. So working at this thing. So that's what I think people really need to understand. You can receive... These things, and, and you know, I, I believe people can receive the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. grieve it and have the Holy Spirit depart from them. Mm-hmm. This happened to men of old, right? Mm-hmm. We know Saul had the Spirit on him, mm-hmm. Spirit departed from him, right? People receive lying Spirit. I mean, there are things in the Spirit supernatural realm that I think are real. Mm-hmm. So I believe a person can receive the Holy Spirit, be have that like born again experience, mm-hmm. but yet be dejected, right? This is why for mm-hmm. me, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit isn't something we do one day. Mm-hmm. I don't wake up in the morning and say something crazy and do the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I don't commit that. Mm-hmm. It is the overarching testimony of someone's life mm-hmm. when God judges, whether mm-hmm. you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit or mm-hmm. not, right? Because how does someone get saved? How we use it colloquially. The Holy Spirit draws, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if but is it just a one-day thing or is it over your life that the Holy Spirit is drawing you down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Justification is immediate, mm-hmm. not salvation, right? Mm-hmm. So as the Holy Spirit is drawing you, and yeah, you can be justified, but if you begin to reject that work of the spirit in your life mm-hmm. you can relinquish back into your old man in your own ways and reject him and deny him mm-hmm. and what does the bible say you're now its condition is worse than what you were before hmm. so it, it sounds like you, you it sounds like you're saying you can lose your salvation see the thing is salvation's really at the end though right okay because right? okay i see what you're saying, you so, what I'm saying? so it almost sounds like a catholic uh because uh, there's like an initial salvation in Catholicism and then there's like a final yeah, salvation. Yeah, but I don't believe like... so. Let me and I'm not trying to say you're yeah, a Catholic. No, 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 I'm just okay. saying it, okay. when you're describing it, it sounds yeah. similar to that. So I think, where I think I think what, we, what, what Protestants would say is there's salvation, you're saved by grace through faith alone, justified. Then there's the sanctification, you got to cooperate with the Spirit's work to make you holy. And then there's glorification at the very end when you get a new body. Yeah, I would probably say that right now, yeah. I believe I'm justified before the Lord. Uh-huh. I believe that if I died right now, God forbid, I would I would be eternally with him forever. Yeah. I have no doubt yeah. in the salvation yeah. and gift of but eternal life but, I'm going to receive. But yet you're also looking at it, where do you finish? Not Like if someone makes a one-time decision, walks with Jesus, you're like, yeah, but did they finish in the Lord? That's kind Yeah, of how you, I think we have to finish the race. It's almost like, um, I mean, I'm sorry I had to be projecting no, like that's right. other terms, but it almost sounds like, uh, it almost sounds like um, um, lordship salvation. 
Kind of, but I don't like using terms that other people. That's what I said. I don't, I don't mean I don't to like project it, other but terms. It's okay, but it's okay. I just don't like using terms. Other I'm just people trying use. to categorize yeah, the theology. Yeah, in my it's brain. hard because I think what we have the model of in the Hebrew Bible is yeah. redemption for the people, uh-huh. and they're on the trajectory. Yep. But because of disobedience and unfaithfulness, they don't make it. Interesting, right? But who makes it? Yeah. The ones who were below the age of accountability, um, he brings them into the land. Right. That there's this grace. Interesting. Right. Interesting. So who else gets in? Joshua. Uh-huh. So Moses was a man of faith. We would say Moses is saved, right? Does mm-hmm. Moses get into the promised land? Moses was delivered from his captives. Mm-hmm. He was a slave. Mm-hmm. He's on trajectory to enter into the promised land, mm-hmm. which we know for a fact mm-hmm. is a typology of the eternal kingdom. We mm-hmm. know the he, book of Hebrews and the rest of scripture tells us that. Mm-hmm. He's on his way to that land, but doesn't get to see. He goes from far because of moments of disobedience where God judges him. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean Moses isn't going to be in the kingdom. Yeah. I just think we have a template. And this template isn't just for... Um, salvation or deliverance and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's also a template for, um, I believe, the tribulation period and many of those other things. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we ha- we have to look at the Hebrew Bible in order to understand what's going on in the, in the New Testament. Yeah, uh, shout out to One Way Apologetics for the super chat. Uh, appreciate you, brother. He said, God bless you, um, Rabbi Eduardo. Spin fire. He is. Uh, what I'm hearing from you is is when um, it reminds me of Dr. Layton Flowers when he's discussing. Romans nine, yeah, about how there was how how that's not about personal individualized salvation. Mm-hmm. It was more mm-hmm. so covenantal with Israel, and so he's like the Calvinists will take Romans nine and make it about each person's individual salvation. And he's like, no, 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 this is about a covenantal uh, relationship that God has with the people, you know, in the yeah. Old Testament. And so it's interesting that you describe it. So I would, I look at it like this. I look at it like when Philippians two says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that does the work in you, giving you the desire to keep his commandments and yeah. obey his, uh, do what pleases mm-hmm. him, right? So I would look at it like someone can be saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. There's then desires, and there's, there's a regeneration. Something happened, something supernatural happened. Mm-hmm. The things they used to hate, porn, uh, the, excuse me, things they used to uh, love, porn, sin, mm-hmm. sexual immorality, whatever the thing was, all of a sudden they hate. Yeah. They don't, there's a, ah, I can't just keep doing this and, and being numb about it. And then things they used to, the things they used to, uh, the things that they used to hate in terms of church, God, the Bible, all of a sudden they start to love. Right. Yeah. And so there's this, there's this awakening that happens in the soul of a person. And then over time, the sanctification process takes course. And, but someone could be still struggling. Somebody could be yeah. on crack. But loving Jesus. Yeah. Somebody could be too. sexually immoral, but loving Jesus. Somebody could be in a relationship, uh, living mm-hmm. together before marriage, fornicating, but still loving Jesus, right? And and I wouldn't say those any of those uh they need to repent and and like obey Jesus yeah. in all those areas. Yeah. But I don't think that makes them unsaved if they were to die in that state. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think God's the judge of that. Right. So like I can't line up four people here and go down the line and say, oh, you're tell me about your life. You're in, you're out, you're in, right, you're right, out, right, you're right. in, you're out, right? I'm just saying that the model what we have of deliverance, right? Yeah. The model, and I'm not talking about deliverance in the demonic way. I'm talking sure. about salvation, salvific is yeah. really being delivered. Salvation yeah. is being delivered from yeah. this world. Yeah. We're still in this world. Yeah. I believe that we're on the trajectory. We have justification, yeah. but that we're still going to have things that trouble us. Paul himself sure. is hearing from the Holy Spirit unfiltered writing down his words, saying, I have a thorn in my flesh, yep. and I ask God to take it away, he won't, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that we're going to have yeah. that. It's not an I, issue. I, I almost look at it like this, and I, and I think this is a cop-out, and, and I'm sure everybody on the spectrum will hate me for looking at salvation this way. But have you ever, I've, I've said this a couple times, have you ever heard the phrase, uh, when it comes to politics, 
I'm a libertarian at a federal level. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Republican on a state level. I'm a Democrat on a county yeah. level. I'm a socialist yeah. with my friends and I'm a communist in my home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's like, a, it's kind of like a cop out. Like mm -hmm. you don't really want to pick a side. Yeah. Right. It kind of like depends. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would look I, and, I, and I would actually like that, that flow, that chart, mm -hmm. I think is, is, is helpful. I would break it down where I would say when it comes to my salvation, I feel like I was elected from the beginning of the earth, the yeah. beginning of time. God knew that he was going to predestine me mm -hmm. to walk in his will. Yeah. And I had no choice in that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it, like I'm just here, Lord, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't think I could walk away from the Lord. I don't think I, I, I could lose my salvation. But and then when it comes to family, I'm like, I think they're in. Like, I think my kids are going to be saved as well because of God's uh, election of me. But then when it comes to the, the, the rest of society and the world and all this kind of, like, I don't know, man. It's yeah. probably closer to kind of what you're describing. Like, I don't I don't know how it all works in terms of predestination. Yes, yeah, so you know let's go mean? back to the Hebrew Bible. Okay. All right? So God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Mm -hmm. Before God hardens Pharaoh's heart, mm -hmm. Pharaoh hardens his That's heart right. first, right? right? And then he hardens it even further. Right. Now, did Moses, did God not know mm -hmm. that Pharaoh was going to harden his heart? Mm -hmm. So look, why, why are you wasting the time sending Moses for the first? Just harden his heart so we can get it on, get right, to the ninth plague. Right. Let's get it on, right? Right, right, right? But but no, he actually is going through the steps because he has huh. in his wisdom uh -huh. those things, even though he sees the beginning from the end. Huh. So even though you're sitting on the back end going yeah. back, oh, I don't know, I feel like I can't walk away and mm -hmm. I don't know. There's things about how God sees time that we can't relate to, right? That's good. That's you know, good. but and so where you stand is definitely your vantage point. Mm -hmm. And I think anybody who tries to put this on the microscope and distill it too much is, yeah. is already an error, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think because there's a mystery to it all that I think we have to be okay with. 100. percent And I'll yeah. say this: that I believe in God's sovereignty yep. as well as man's free will. Yep. Now, where they meet up in the supernatural realm beyond humanity. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you that's higher that's than good. my pay grade, right? That's good. But the Bible teaches God's sovereignty. It also teaches man's free will, right? Yeah. Because if man doesn't have a free will, then yeah. he's not accountable for his yeah. sin. Yeah. If God isn't sovereign, then he's not God. Yep. It's not my responsibility to yep. explain how that works, yeah. only to teach that that's what the Bible says. Can we call it a paradox? It, it, I, I, I like tension. Okay. I like paradox. Too. You like paradox? I like I think paradox. paradox. Is it different, really? I mean, para I mean, it's different, but I mean, yeah. I think it's saying the same thing. There are yeah. these two things that are kind of, they don't fit in my box. Yep. And I think that many of the mistakes that people have made, mm -hmm. whether on the Torah side, the not the Torah side, whether mm -hmm. on the Calvinistic side mm -hmm. or Arminian or mm -hmm. wherever you fit, right? Mm -hmm. Unitarian, Trinitarian. Mm -hmm. It's because they want to, they want to take God and his theology and they want to systematize and they want to put it in a box and I want to put the label on mm -hmm. it with two pieces mm -hmm. of tape mm -hmm. and I want to open up when I want it and I want to be able to pull out the files I want. Mm. doesn't work like that mm. you can't just press you know the command and space bar on your apple and just search your whole computer it doesn't yeah. work like that it seems like that's also a very like western protestant thing to do agreed to one to need a systematic theology i was driving back uh yesterday when i landed from uh coming back from phoenix i preached in phoenix last night and when i landed my uber driver was uh an ethiopian orthodox christian mm -hmm. and we were talking and he's like you're armenian like we're from the same apostolic church of the arm yeah. and because we're ethiopians armenians um a part of the oriental orthodox church and and the way the like his paradigm the eastern paradigm is it needs way less certainty and way less like boxes checked yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. it's it's way more um like there's it, it, there there there's a, there's an allowance for tension, paradoxes, and mystery to some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I think when so I used to do a prison ministry. Mm -hmm. I used to go to state prisons, which is wild because you know there's no no separation between you and anyone else, mm -hmm. and you just walk around the yard. And 
I developed a a, a name mm-hmm. in the in the, in the prison, which was Rabbi Gray, because mm-hmm. you know you get people on all these different sides who want to pin you down. Mm. And my what I was started telling them was, when Scripture's black and white, I'm black and white. When Scripture's mm-hmm. gray, I'm gray, mm. right? And and I think when Scripture does not clearly define some of these things or mm-hmm. some of these terms, we got to let the Scripture speak in the gray, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when it's black and white, we can talk about the black and white, right? That's good. And I think even with the Trinity. You know, there's a concept within Judaism, which is mm-hmm. called Ein Sof, mm-hmm. which means that God is without end. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a mistake to try to look at that which is created mm-hmm. and project that to that which is uncreated. That's good. Right? So when people say, oh, I just can't understand how God can be three persons mm-hmm. in one being. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guy. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's there's other, nothing it's like God. World. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's nothing like God. It's yeah. completely outside yep. of our reality, yep. right? Yep. Um, so the expect if you have a God that's like you, mm-hmm. then 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 you got a problem, yeah, right? You're trying so, to make God in your image. Exactly. In your logic I was just gonna say that. And, and so yeah. that's the issue. And I think that with our theology and with our looking at scripture, when things are black and white, mm-hmm. I could say that what's black and white. I can say that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. I could say man also has free will. Mm-hmm. I could say I'm fully justified and I have and I have hope that mm-hmm. I know I know not hope. I know that if I die, I'll be with the Lord forever mm-hmm. without actually receiving the 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 cash check of eternity right now, right? Um and, and it's not my job to reconcile those realities because yeah. they're not my truths or my claims. They're yep. God's. Yep, yep. That's good. That's good, man. That's 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 a lot of um, that's a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat. I think there's some good stuff in there that that w- folks will hopefully think about. I think the bigger questions were. I think you did a great job answering them. Um, I think where I'm curious is where do you think all this stuff is going to go? Where do you think this like I'm my own elder, I'm my own authority, YouTube salvation, it, social media salvation, but I'm not going to get plugged into a church like and then pulling pieces of this and this and this and kind of creating this hodgepodge. I'm going to listen to the Unitarian guy for my views on the Trinity, but I'm also going to pull from the law, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you think this is all going? I think it's going to crash and burn. Okay. <laughs> all right. I think it's all going to crash and burn with massive divisions. Huh. I think we're going to see divisions within even the Messianic movement and within mm. other churches and on YouTube, as we're seeing. It has literally been like a rap battle mm. these past few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then when you hopped on it with Brace and Gray having mm-hmm. the conversation after on that podcast, which mm-hmm. I skimmed a little bit, and with the things going on before, I mean, it's going down, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Christian YouTube land. Mm. And and what's interesting is that 20 years ago, mm-hmm. James White wrote a book called The Forgotten Trinity mm. because no one's talking about the Trinity. So he wanted to bring that back. Mm-hmm. And in part of his book, he says, if you can go up to any Christian, they can't articulate it really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. They don't. And But now you have all these YouTubers mm-hmm. who are Christians fighting for the core doctrines of the faith, mm-hmm. saying whether you're in or out of the kingdom based mm-hmm. upon this reality. Mm-hmm. We are no longer in those days before. Mm-hmm. I think it, people are going to start pulling out their swords metaphorically mm-hmm. and start wielding that thing, the mm-hmm. word of God. And I think it's going to be battles and we're going to find out who's who. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to become more polarized mm-hmm. in the sense, but yet we're also, there's going to be less confusion for those who are really looking for the true God of Israel. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see more salvations and mm-hmm. I think we're going to call out more darkness. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing is, is that more people who might have supported me before, you know, it's funny, I'll do a controversial video and lose a lot of subs, mm-hmm. right? Why is that? Because people assume what you believe, right? They assume that you're on their side mm-hmm. because you were right with them about another topic. That's good. So we need to, I think, in my opinion, as YouTubers, I'm not giving you advice about your channel, mm-hmm. I'm just generally speaking, mm-hmm. anyone who has a voice, we need to start majoring on these majors. Stop talking about how to tie your fringes. Stop mm-hmm. talking about Shabbat observance. 
who's God? Mm-hmm. How do you get saved? Mm-hmm. How do you get to know That's the good. king? How are you born again? How That's can I good. be a good father? Yeah. How can I be a good husband? How yeah. can I be a good steward of my finances? What is God trying to do in the world? Let's feed the sick. Let's feed the... I mean, where we're at, how many homeless people have I seen traveling mm-hmm. around the city, brother? Mm-hmm. A lot of them, yep. right? No one's feeding them. No one's. I'm sure that people are doing things, but I'm just yeah. saying the problem's not resolved, yeah. right? The pe- Sin is the, not being the, dealt with. The people that want to argue about this stuff probably aren't feeding them. That's what I'm saying. And look, maybe some are, and maybe some are, right? But I'm just saying there's enough things that are major with hungry people, sick people, homeless people, incarcerated, Mm -hmm. and we don't need to fight about those minor things. I think we need to fight about the Trinity. I think we need to fight about the complexity of God's unit. I think we need to fight that Yeshua Jesus really came in the flesh. I think we need to fight that he's coming back again. I think we need to fight that people need to receive the Holy Spirit. I think we need to fight that the Holy Spirit's a person. I think we need to fight against sexual immorality and all these other things, right? We need to fight against these things. We don't need to fight with each other about um, kosher, right? Yeah. I think we need to fight about the majors. That's good, man. That's good. I'm with you. Um, do you guys take a firm eschatological position in terms of like a thousand-year reign, premillennial, postmillennial? Do you guys just kind of so stay ambiguous? It's kind of hard to figure out where the millennium is going to reign for. Yeah, sure. It's really hard to fall. Sure. But on the on the tribulation, we're pretty confident, it, from our perspective uh-huh. at least, that the the tribulation model in the book of Revelations also follows the book of Exodus. Mm-hmm. So if God's people... Israel, B'nai mm-hmm. Israel, children of Israel, were in the land when God poured his plagues on the land of Egypt, mm. and yet they felt some of them but were mm. protected from others. Mm. Why should we not believe that when God pours his plagues on the earth in the end, God's people aren't going to feel some of them but yet be protected from others, right? Okay. And so I'm a very... Li- so as far as like rapture being with the Lord, it's hard to really figure those things out. Uh-huh. But I'm, I'm a, I am believe that that's the model of the tribulation and deliverance doesn't come till either the very last moments mm-hmm. of the tribulation period or perhaps right after, mm-hmm. right? Because it wasn't until the 10th plague was going on mm-hmm. that actually the children of Israel actually were allowed to leave the land mm-hmm. and receive their deliverance from what? the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of the house and the gates. And with the wailing of the nation, with the wailing of the people around them in the smaller Egypt, mm-hmm. that's when the people received their deliverance and left, but not without the enemy army chasing them. And God brought about a great deliverance with splitting the seed, which is the 11th miracle, or this great miracle. And so I, I've, I've never heard of looking at the book of Revelation through the Exodus. Oh, you have to, brother. Yeah. Everything lines up with it. I've, I've, I've yeah. seen the parallels between Daniel and yeah, Revelation, yeah, yeah. obviously, but never, oh, yeah. never, never that way. And then the other thing that's really interesting is that so that's a smaller Egypt. This huh. world is the greater Egypt, huh. right? The greater Egypt that we're in, enslaved. Yeah. Yeah. And and when it says that um, Satan is the god of this world, mm-hmm. which which Unitarians butcher that, <laughs> that thing all the time, mm-hmm. but he's the Pharaoh of this world, mm. right? Holding people enslaved. And so the deliverance we get, right? Even Pharaoh gets judged, so the enemy gets judged, and death and all these sure. things get destroyed. Sure. So this is the model of the of the outline that I think we have in scripture. And I think okay. that, and I think if people do look at it another way, there's no reason to divide. Don't leave yeah. your church if sure, people sure, view sure, it sure. a different way. Yeah. But I think that this is one that is consistent yeah, with what like the rest it. of the Hebrew Bible says. I like it. I think uh I I always just I always say like I just want post-millennialism to be true because I yeah. think it'd be dope. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I think in all of it, it doesn't make a difference in terms of how we're supposed to live here and yeah, now. Agreed. Right. Like it doesn't agreed. make a difference of how we are to lead our homes, how we are to love our wives, Agreed. how we are to do any of those things. Um, I see you have some tattoos. I do. Break it, break it down. Can, break down can, what? Can, can we get tattoos or not? 
All right, so this is gonna lean back on my other stuff. So, I, <laughs> so I got so no lie, I got the greatest. Um, so Rabbi Mark Schumann is definitely a father to me. Okay, all right, in in the realest sense of any. Uh, when every did word, you get your tattoos? Uh, that's what I'm gonna tell you okay, about. Okay, so okay, okay, Rabbi Mark Schumann is a real father to me. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I had a few tattoos and started attending the congregation. He began to counsel me and stuff like that. And I would go a little wayward every now and again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Do a little bit, you know, scenic route through the world <laughs> for okay. a little bit. You were taking a little, little, little sabbatical. You know what I'm saying? Okay, a little, okay. little breaky break. And then I came back and had more tattoos, right? Uh-huh. And 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 I got I got in trouble for that tattoo, okay. right? Okay. Um, because it wasn't the vision of the community. Got it. Right? I, I, scripture says not to get a tattoo and to mark yourself from the dead. Do I think there is a way that someone can get a tattoo and not be breaking scripture if mm-hmm. it's not for the dead? I think so. I think so, right? Sorry, wrong, <laughs> it's, wrong, right. wrong, it's all good. Wrong sound effect. Hey, I wanted to hit. At least it wasn't. The, at least it wasn't the sad trombone. Rabbi, <laughs> this is the title of this video. Rabbi says <laughs> on, I can on, get hold tattoos. Second, hold on for a second. I love but it. Now, I'm getting more. No, hold on, hold on for a second. Though. Hold on. It's not that easy, right? Because everything permissible is not beneficial. Sure. Right. I gotta show you some of my tattoos. So, by yeah, the way. yeah. Like, it's all good. We'll do it. Um, but so everything permissible is not beneficial, right? Uh-huh. So in my community, we don't teach people to get tattoos, right? Right. And I think that just because things are, there are a lot of things I can do. Sure. Doesn't make it beneficial. Yeah. I can go eat fifteen pieces of cake. Doesn't yeah. make it beneficial, doesn't make it beneficial right? Beneficial. Yeah. And so I think there, I think we have a lot of latitude. You know, the Bible, you know, doesn't even want people to have like their sides of their temples cut mm-hmm. or their beard short, right? So you're not getting a lineup. No, I get a lineup. Okay, I get a lineup. I don't get. I don't get the hard part though. I did before though, but yeah. don't anymore, right? Okay. But I don't really think that's what it's talking do you, about. Do you do you edge up your beard? Yeah, I do. I get it trimmed up and stuff. Okay. Yeah. 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 Don't look trimmed up. Well, no, because I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where. Yeah. Like, where the lines are on that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so my you know ra- my rabbi is like clean shaven. Got you. Oh, right? okay. So okay. I think there's a permissibility to do that, right? Interesting. I think the way we relate to it, because remember, it's hinged on for the dead. Uh-huh. Now, people who I've spoken to before sure. don't like that I'm saying it's hinged for the dead or for pagan priests, yes. but it's right in the middle of the two verses. My yep. hermeneutics class says, what neighborhood does the verse live in? Mm-hmm. What town does it live in? What yes. city? What yes. world does yes. it, right? So what world, I mean, so within the context. So I believe that, the Torah doesn't, just like women rabbis, we can talk about women rabbis too for a second. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe the Torah directly forbids that, mm-hmm. but I think the overwhelming testimony of scripture may lead a local community to say this is not beneficial. Mm-hmm. That's good. Right? I like how you keep going, pointing back to the local community. It's important, brother. Yeah. It's yeah. important. So I, I got some stuff here. Uh, I'll, sh- I'll show you after. But I when I went to Israel, one of the things that blew my mind is that the oldest tattoo shop is in the old city. The old tattoo shop mm-hmm. in the world is in it's crazy. the old city of Jerusalem. Crazy. And it's in the Christian quarter. Wow. And it's ran by a Palestinian Christian family that goes back almost a thousand years. Wow. And Christians have been going to Jerusalem to get pilgrimage tattoos wow. for thousands of years. Yeah. And so when I saw that, I'm like, wait a minute, like all these like like Christians arguing about tattoos. I'm like, yeah. we've been doing this. So the tattoo I got uh, is a stamp that's like the, the the dude's family goes back 30 generations, and you can see pictures and all of, like the design I got is like th- yeah. hundreds of years old. It's, it was it's not even designed. It's a stamp, and then they outline it. And so um, so I just I just find it interesting that people again will will draw hard lines on stuff removing all cultural context that Christians yeah. have been doing this for millennia. You know? Yeah, I, I think like if you came into my congregation, if you were a member of my congregation, I'm your rabbi, mm-hmm. and you came in with your tattoo, mm-hmm. we'd have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? Because you're a member here, right. and you, you're following the vision of the if community. If I came in with the tattoos on me now, no, if no, I came in with no, the no. new if tattoo. You, if you were a member, if you said, 
if you said Rabbi Ed, I feel like the Holy Spirit brought me to yep. your congregation, yep. Yep. and you make membership, mm -hmm. and part of the agreement is that you're going to walk in the vision of the community, yes. right? Yes. Which is also part of the sensitivities to the traditional Jewish community. Now yep. that has its limits because sure. Yeshua was offensive to the traditional Jewish sure. community, right? Sure, sure, sure. So, and you say, look, I agree to walk in the vision of the community, yep. and then you go off and get a tattoo and come back with a tattoo. That's a conversation we would have, mm -hmm. right? Because you felt the Holy Spirit brought you to this community to right. function in this community, right. and now you're not living up to the vision of the community. And now I'm doing things that may be offensive to the mission of being engaging towards Israel. A hundred percent. Got you. A hundred percent. And so what would that conversation look like? Be, am I like, am I getting like- It'd be uh, like, it'd be like, Ruslan, what you doing, bro? Like that? Be like, what you doing, man? Okay. You know better But that. if I'm serving, am I asked to sit down and not serve for a while? No, nah, I don't think so. Okay. I, uh, Just more like, where where's, your, where's your heart See where at? you at. And yeah. I think it's different. You talk to a 21-year-old kid that does it and yeah. he made membership versus yeah. somebody who's four-year-old and is an yeah. elder. Yeah. Six years. I mean, there's different, I mean, it's different. 40-year-old elder goes to Israel Comes back with the first pilgrimage tattoo. Yeah, been there for twenty years. You just gonna be like, come, what, what happened? You just like, I'd be like, I'd be like, come here, man. <laughs> and so he would explain it to you, bro. I was in Israel. I found I, I'm, this I'm, out. I'm like, look, man, I don't think you should have done that. You know, it would have been like, look, you know what the vision of the congregation is, yeah. what what we're called to do, and yep. the way we express ourselves. Yep. You're attached to natural branches. You know, you should, yep. you know, we shouldn't be doing that. And then yep. we go forward. It's hard to give the variables of who the person is and Got stuff you. with those things. But they're not and getting kicked the out of church. No, they're not, they're not no, being sat I don't think down. you. I don't think you. I mean, you probably. Sit, I mean, we talk sitting down. I'm talking about like sat down from serving. No. I don't gotcha. think that that would be the case. I mean, we've had people serve mm -hmm. who still had had bumping into the walls and the doors and making some mistakes. You know, mm -hmm. we still have people serve. I don't. And as a sidebar, I don't think removing people from their service all the time is the best thing to do. Mm. Right. I think people need to be functioning sure. within service. Sure. But there's certain things people can't do. Are, how do you serve? You taking the trash out or yep. you want security? Right, 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 right. You know right. what I'm saying? Are yeah. you are you one of the teaching yeah, leaders? Or good. are you somebody who's are you are you an usher? Sure. Like what role do you sure. serve in? Because you can sure. still take the trash out yep. and be in certain level of not correctness gotcha. and you're still growing. Gotcha. Depends where you're at. Yeah. It's, okay, so would circumcision fall in that same category? What do you mean? Circumcision? Somebody's going, I'm I'm circumcised, but someone's going my son grows up. He, my son's not circumcised. He grows up. And uh, he's 25 years old. He's like, dude, I want to be a part of your messianic community. Yeah. And uh, and do you even ask? Like, is it does it does it get asked one? And then two, if it does get asked, is he then told, hey man, you should go get circumcised? No, that's not a conversation that comes up. Okay. So if a person comes in and and joins the community and says, look, I'm an adult male, mm -hmm. but I feel the Lord leading me to get circumcised, mm -hmm. we'd go based upon the variables of what they feel and counsel them and make sure their head's in the right spot mm -hmm. before we would coach that, counsel someone to do that. Mm -hmm. We've never done that. Mm -hmm. That's never come up. Wow. But that would be the way that it goes. But we have circumcised non-Jewish babies. Mm -hmm. Babies, though. At eight days old based upon the parents feeling and then it's a conversation you know why do you want to do this sure. what do you feel what's sure. the leading what's the what's the uh intention for this what yep. do you think you're going to get out of it and if they have a biblical answer then it's it's not an issue and then we we do it it's interesting man yeah i like it bro i i i don't bro, you got to come to the service one day yeah, bro. I'll, I'll pull up i don't have no, i don't i don't i don't take offense with anything we've talked yeah. about i think it's all very reasonable it's all very like let the holy spirit be the holy spirit in people's mm -hmm. lives but these are our ethnic things that make us unique you know, and and mm -hmm. and some of these things you should consider doing if you're going to be a part of our community. Yeah. And I don't think it's really a Jew or Gentile thing. I don't think it's a Jew or Gentile thing. In what sense? In the sense of these identity markers, mm -hmm. right? Because Israel was always made up of a mixed multitude, mm -hmm. right? And they were given to Israel, not obviously predominantly Hebrews, right? Mm -hmm. You know, predominantly that. Mm -hmm. But I think in the New Covenant reality, do you have these local communities that have the Messianic Jewish vision, mm -hmm. right? that feel the Holy Spirit leading them to this expression. Mm -hmm. 
And then so when you have Gentiles and Jewish people coming in, mm -hmm. how is the Holy Spirit leading you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I could have a person Jewish from top to bottom, right? Mm -hmm. 40 families going back, marriage mm -hmm. certificates as Jewish as possible, right? Yep. Yep. Living in sin, cheating on his wife, mm -hmm. all these things. Mm -hmm. And he comes to me wearing fringes, I'll probably tell him to take them off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not it's, it's it's not just yeah. those outward things. Yes. And 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 so I think it's really important, you know, someone from who's not Jewish but mm -hmm. believes in Yeshua, he's for me he's part of Israel too. Mm -hmm. Not that he's Jewish, but I believe he's part of Israel. He comes to the community and wants to walk into identity markers. You're welcome, yeah. just like the natural branches. But the interesting thing, which I want all the listeners to understand and realize something, we're not wearing fringes in the kingdom. Because mm. remember, the fringes was to remind you to not prostitute yourself to That's the good. world. That's great. Right? Ain't no possibility of me prostituting myself in the world. You know those boxes, the tefillin? Mm -hmm. From the Shema, it says mm -hmm. to put the word of God upon the doorposts of your house, your gates, put it upon mm -hmm. your arm, your head, as frontlets between your mm -hmm. eyes. Jewish people wear those boxes with straps with scriptures in them. Mm -hmm. Dude, I'm not wearing that in the kingdom. I don't need a reminder of God's word mm -hmm. in the kingdom. I don't need God's word on the doorposts of my house and my gates. I'm going to be walking with the word of God. I'm going to be walking with Yeshua, right? Yep. So don't mistake the temporal for what is eternal, yep. right? And I think that's a mistake that many people in some of these sections make. And for me, I just can't stress, brothers and sisters, you're from a church. You have a messianic community that is being led by the Spirit to do these things, not for salvation. Don't tell them they're in sin. Yeah. Don't tell them that they're under the law. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, there are people in messianic communities who are putting themselves under the law and yeah. who do believe this is salvific. Yeah. But if you know their doctrine and they're not adding to the cross, yeah. they're free to do it. The, yep. the New Testament doesn't really even address it. Yep, yep. That was when, uh, when you popped up on Don's channel, that was my take was like guys all things considering like if this is what he wants to do that's that's this is not an issue you know yeah. what i mean once he starts saying that these are salvific issues which he kind of did yeah then that's when it became an issue you know yeah Pe people don't see the difference between the identity markers and morality mm. they're like you know god says in the same breath you know honor your father and mother and then also keep the sabbath but what do we have in the new covenant mm. what keeps people outside of the kingdom lgtv uh, uh, activity yeah, yeah right yeah Adultery, yep. fornication, yep. lying. Yep. I don't see kosher, fringes, or seats on there. That's good. And it's not just a new covenant thing. Yep. What does Sodom and Gomorrah get punished for? Mm. Kosher, mm -hmm. the Sabbath, fringes? What about Babylon or Syria? Mm -hmm. What does Egypt get punished for? Mm -hmm. Not the identity markers of Israel, right? Yep. Yep. And remember, once again, I just want to echo, I believe that Israel is Jews and Gentiles. And many times I got called today a person who believes in replacement theology. Mm -hmm. I call, call that today. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that... Those that are Jewish who don't embrace Yeshua mm -hmm. are cut off from the tree. Mm -hmm. And the root is the Abrahamic covenant, and you lay by the wayside. So they say, oh, that's New Testament. You know, you believe in replacement theology. You're mm -hmm. replacing Israel, God's people. No, this is the Bible. Mm -hmm. When Korah, Korach, mm -hmm. rebelled against the God-sent Redeemer, what happened? Mm -hmm. The earth swallowed him up. And even Judaism believes that he doesn't have a place in the world to come. Mm -hmm. It's not about pedigree. It's about the gift of Yeshua, the Messiah. Because right. you're talking about... Um more of a covenantal view and some people have a more dispensational view where they feel like Israel like non non-Jewish non-Christian Jews will still kind of get crafted in somehow to in the last days which is more of a dispensational kind of yeah. I, I hate going into those categories yeah. I really hate going into those categories but I do believe God has an end time plan for the non-believing branches right mm -hmm. that they're going to look at him whom they've pierced they're going to turn to him in a massive sense and come back mm -hmm. but also Paul tells us not everyone who's Israel is Israel yeah that's good right and this is a Jewish concept. People can go look in the Mishnah, Sanhedrin chapter 10, right? What does it say? All of Israel has a place in the world to come, except for, then they start naming people from Israel, mm. right? So even within Judaism, they believe that there are Jews, those that are physically from Israel, yep. who are not going to have a place in the world to come. Would you ever relocate to Israel? No, probably no. not. No. Probably not. You I'm go. heavily invested in my community, yeah. man. You know, but you, you got you to go. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I when haven't I went, been yet, bro. When I went, I was like, I could see myself living here. Yeah. Like like part like part time. Yeah. It was yeah. it was it's amazing. Dope. I would love to do that. Like yeah. if I could do a part time living there, yeah. you know, two three four months out of the year, I would yeah. definitely do yeah. that. Yeah. So I do have some friends in Israel that I've met through like online and social media yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So I would love to do that. But yeah. I, I would love it, man. Especially the bookstores. I'd be stoked on the bookstores. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll figure out a way to to to, to if we plan a trip or something. Else, yeah. That'll, that'll be dope. That'll be super dope. That'll be dope. Guys, we're gonna start wrapping up. If you guys got got any questions from Rabbi Eduardo, I'm with it. This would be the time to drop them. We're going to do a lightning yeah. round. So just capitalize question. I'll throw them up on the screen. We'll prioritize super chats, of course. Um, so I'm super excited. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we start wrapping up or any any like anything you feel like we missed in this conversation? No, I think it was good. You know, good. I did want to show these two sources really quick. Which ones? Oh, just these those are here. Okay. Yeah, I just want to show these two sources really quick. So many times, you know, a lot of the Tovia singers, the anti-missionaries in the world, they get this, uh, they try to tell us that Judaism doesn't believe in the same concepts that the New Testament teaches. So I recommend for everybody to grab this book, What Do the Rabbonim Say About the Mashiach? It's put out by a guy named Douglas Pyle. It's a $10 book from Chosen People Ministries. Okay. Goes through a bunch of rabbinic sources. Even one of the sources tells us that the Messiah will have no father when he comes. Mm -hmm. That's a traditional Jewish source. So check that out. Also, I want people to look at this, The Messiah Text by Raphael Patai, which is phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal book, which goes through the ideas of a suffering Messiah, a beggar Messiah, a leper Messiah, about a new Torah that the Messiah is going to give hmm. from Jewish rabbinic sources. Hmm. So all the claims that the anti-missionaries do, oh, your Jesus is bringing a new law. He's bringing a new thing. Look, the Bible says that the, the servant of God will bring a law. So, you know, these sources are really good, good to look at. So highly recommend it. I love it. Okay, let's do a quick lightning round let's of questions it. and then we got to wrap. Um, okay. Uh, bu 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 bu. We covered a lot of this stuff. A lot of you guys are showing up late. We covered Acts 15. Oh, look at my wife. <laughs> your wife's here. Shout yeah, out to your Amy wife. Royal. Um, I'd really like to know their relationship with the Amish community in Pennsylvania. Do you guys have a relationship with the Amish so, community? So it's funny. You drive through Pennsylvania, you run through three different like cities, Amish towns. So there uh -huh. are Amish people there. Some people say Amish people were originally Jewish people uh -huh. that uh, convert. I don't know the truth about any of that. Okay. Fair enough. Um, there was a, hold on, sorry, I went too far. My wife said no relationship with Amish. Asked if he would want to talk to Ben Shapiro. I would love for you to talk to Ben Shapiro. I'd love to talk to Ben Shapiro, Rabbi Tovia Singer, mm -hmm. Joseph, uh, Michael Skolback, anybody from I thought from you were going to say Joseph Smith. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I, I'll talk to <laughs> I would do it, anybody, bro. I'm, I'm good to have the conversation. I would love to have that conversation. Um, if you don't follow the Old Testament law, is it a salvation issue? No. Okay. Uh, Torah Enoch. Uh, I think he's saying is is Enoch in Torah? Is that, is that what no, Enoch is not in Torah. First off, it's a book starting with a lie, right? Because there's no way that Enoch wrote that book. It's a pseudepigraphic material written in the name of another person uh -huh. that we don't really get until much later on. So not that it isn't influential for the worldview of the New Testament yeah, writers, yeah. but Enoch didn't write that book. And is this some of the other church arms have that in their They do, canon? they do, they yeah, do. That's, some I of the churches always wondered added. that. Yeah. Okay, um, thinking about, this is a good question, shout out to Kelly P., one of our moderators, thinking about Shabbat, as an identity marker, is the Sabbath a marker of Jewish identity if it was given creation well before the formation of the Jewish nation? What's interesting, if she looks up Sabbath for the first time it appears, it doesn't appear until the book of uh, Exodus. It's not in Genesis. Interesting. So the seventh day is just called the seventh day because God rested. So therefore, it's a reflecting character of God, no command for people to actually keep the Sabbath. And if you believe that someone had to keep the Sabbath in the book of Genesis, you have no evidence of anyone keeping the Sabbath until God actually gives it on Mount Sinai as an identity marker for Israel. Now, I'm not saying it's not beneficial for yeah. people to keep the Sabbath. 
I'm just saying we got to be careful how we parse that thing. Mm. I think there's a lot of wisdom in the Sabbath. And I think the whole world will benefit from keeping the Sabbath mm -hmm. of God, not for salvation, but I think to rest and to commemorate creation. But remember this, the God himself, even though he rested on the Sabbath, still held the world together on the Sabbath, right? Yeah. It's, 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 okay. It, it sounds a lot like the tithe. Like it's like a good principle. It's a good discipline, but, 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 but it's not, it doesn't have to be literal. I think, I think, that each community has to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and those things, right? Yeah. And so, you know, but there's also a flexibility in a lot of these things. Yeah. And so I think that, that we have a freedom of expression. That's Not good. that people shouldn't, but I think that we have a freedom of expression. All right. Uh, what's your view on demonology and YouTube delivery ministries? Okay, that's a random question. I can get two seconds on it. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So I think that it's very difficult to look at deliverance ministry online. Uh -huh. um, so we do deliverance ministry in my congregation. And a big part of deliverance ministry is counseling. It's mm -hmm. not always a demon, right? It's good. Sometimes people have mental issues or brokenness mm -hmm. or hurts and pain from the past. And a lot of times just pronouncing deliverance over people isn't always what they need. I think mm -hmm. that's sometimes what people need. I think it's good for deliverance ministries online to bring awareness to the situation, but I don't believe it's always the solution. That's good. Even though I do have respect for all the brothers who are demon slayers and do that, you know, all due respect. But I think that deliverance needs to happen in a community and counseling together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I could come across somebody in the train and do deliverance on them. Yeah. I think that really can happen yeah. like sporadically. Yeah. But I think the 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 whole healing that we find as time goes on is really through through community, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, and to be fair to them, some of them have been more outspoken and vocal about incorporating yeah. things like counseling yeah. and therapy. And, and I think they like do that. it in, I think there is a space for, yeah. I'm going down the street, yeah. somebody's in pain, I'm t I just talk up a conversation, and then sure. boom, I'm praying to cast out a demon. I, yeah. I don't have any issue with that yep. thing yep, happening. Yep, 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 I'm yep. just saying we also need the other side, right? The other side, that's good. And I think that, and where do we send the people after, yes. right? Because what happens, you cast a demon out of somebody. Yep. Demon goes, yep. what does he do? Cause this whole gang of goons yep. and they coming back mm. right and if when they come back that house isn't in order mm. he finds it in order he's going to come up in there and reoccupy the pace and the man's state is going to be worse than what it was before <sighs> so we need to put the man on a path to wholeness right and i think we need to stop thinking that we're jesus that's good right because he we're not the itinerant preacher in galilee two thousand years ago <laughs> right who who battled satan before yeah. he did anything right yep, yep. um but that doesn't mean we don't have the same power in the greater works that we do mm -hmm. i just think we're in the time period of the governing of the new covenant mm -hmm. which really puts local communities the gifts of the spirit are given is what he's given them in the body mm -hmm. <laughs> to build up the body so people can be part of the body come on not just from youtube i think it's a great thing to draw attention to it mm -hmm. but i think it's not the be all end all send people to um to to, to where they need to go well, that's a beautiful answer um do messianic jews proselytize gentiles into messianic judaism that's an interesting question so what's funny saying saying uh messianic that's kind of that's a, a little bit of a of an off question in my opinion because if a Gentile is a believer in Jesus, he's fully welcome in my community. There's nothing uh -huh. to proselytize them to, right? They're fully welcome. If the Holy Spirit leads them to operate in my community, they're in the kingdom. They're as in the kingdom as I'm going to be, right? Mm -hmm. For me, you know, if you're from the nations, you embrace the God of Israel, you're welcome in my community. There's nothing to proselytize, proselytize you to. You're part of God's body. You're part of his bride. That's good. Uh, shout out to New Kingdom Nazarene for the $5 Super Chat. He said, what do you think about Messianic churches which serve more like a church but keep Shabbat and feasts. What do I think about? Can I see that again uh, from the top? What do I think about Messianic churches which serve more like a church but keep Shabbat and feasts? Um, I don't know what he means by serve, but I have zero issue with with elders following the expression of how they feel God leads them. Yep. And I think many times we think, oh, this community is just going to be 
what uh like the other messianic synagogue that i met mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not the reality the congregation is going to reflect the eldership and their background their experiences what they've learned right yep. so my rabbi rabbi mark sherman was brought up orthodox mm -hmm. so we have liturgy we do hebrew prayers we have a torah service we bring out a torah scroll and then i add my flavor to it which was also brought up in this same sort of background from him so our congregation looks like that mm. with that i'll say this one thing Every messianic every messianic synagogue mm -hmm. is a messianic congregation, mm -hmm. but every messianic congregation is not a messianic synagogue. Okay, right. Reason being because people can have messianic congregations. Everybody's going to do the Sabbath. They're going to do the feast. They're mm -hmm. going to do maybe like a little Hebrew song or something like that. A messianic synagogue has a specific expectation, in my opinion, that you would be bringing out the Torah scroll. Mm -hmm. You'd be doing some of the prayers okay, and you. following synagogal, basically gotcha, synagogal gotcha, gotcha. structure with some freedom. So that's so kind I'm, of what, so the, what that question I, exactly. Was. Okay, so I okay. think it's okay. I think yep. it's totally fine. Gotcha. And we got a lot of Jews in churches also, and sure. I think that it's good to have this. Uh, this. Uh, Okay, uh, condensed question, condensed answer on this. What's your thoughts on Black Hebrew Israelite religion? This would be the last one, unless there's a super chat. I think it's false. I think it's a false religion. I think it's a mistaken identity. I think there's a lot of brokenness in inner cities, and young Black and Hispanic men are looking for identity that came out of broken homes and fatherless homes. And I think that what my Black Hebrew Israelites are doing today is what the Bloods and Crips did in the '90s, Oof. which are brought identity and meaning and purpose to young Blacks and Hispanics and others. And so you give them identity, you tell them they're special when all of society tells them they're worth nothing mm. and they'll die for you. And so wow. that's what it is. Uh, what do you think about folks like, like I'm not sure if you're familiar with Street Hymns. No, I'm not that, familiar. Okay, he's a, he's, a, he's a buddy of mine. He identifies, he's, he's basically a Messianic Jew, but he identifies as a Hebrew, yeah. but he's not Hebrew-Israelite. Like he's not, on, he's not on that end of the spectrum. He still goes to an evangelical church. He, he keeps the, yeah. well, I, sorry, I forgot what they're called, the, Fringes, CC, the fringes, yeah, yeah. you know, keep Shabbat, that whole thing. Yeah, so I'm not the, are you a Jew police, right? So, I mean, <laughs> if he feels like, <laughs> you know, I mean, if he feels that that's cool, yeah. I would have his, because I was accepted back as a Jew into my community and my tradition, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was accepted as that, you know yeah. what I mean, with with traditions and what my life has. Yep. So I was accepted back into it. I think it's, I think it's hard for you being disassociated from a community to then wake up one day and say you're part of that community. I'm not saying it's not true. Yeah. I would just encourage them to be part of a community. With that being said, there is a long tradition of black Hebrews, black Jews that existed. In that, fact... Yes, and that's what he would say. Agreed. So one West Hebrew Israelism mm -hmm. actually came out of black Judaism, mm. right, way back when. This is why, if you look at the early pictures of Ocab Malone, whose shirt I'm wearing, Urban Theologians, big uh -huh. shout to you, um, bring out bring out this, this reality that it was the early black Jews in Harlem... Mm -hmm. Black Judaism that gave birth, that came out of, and gave and became black, black Hebrew Israel, and one West brand and variation of it, hmm. which they're even early on in their time period doing things that are Jewish things. There's pictures of them wearing prayer shawls and talits and everything, mm -hmm. and even some of their theology and yeah. their ideas yeah. come out of traditional rabbinic Judaism because of that. That's dope. Are you keeping up with? Oh gosh, I forgot his name. He's doing a whole documentary about uh, coming back home, uh, the lost tribes. Um, Rudy Rockman. Uh, yes. Yeah. I when his stuff comes up, I do check it out. Yeah. 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 He got into some hot water because he didn't claim his Ashkenazi side mm. and like try to downplay. I didn't hear about that. Oh, bro. It was That's a big crazy. deal. Yeah. It was a big deal. He was on, oh, gosh. I, I got to show it to you. We all a little mixed, man. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> and, and they were like, and he, and he like downplayed that uh, he was Ashkenazi. Cool. And then like the Ashkenazi Jews were like, bro, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? Like, uh, you got us looking crazy out here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, guys, we're going to go. Uh, what's your YouTube channel? We'll put it in this title of this video after on a replay. Um, and where can people find out more about you? Yeah, so I serve, like I said, as the associate rabbi, Congregation Bethel Gabor in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Um, so you can definitely go check that out, BethelGabor.org. 
Uh, my website is rabbidewater.com and my YouTube channel is Radar Apologetics on Facebook and YouTube. So it'll be in the title description. Um, debating rabbis, debating Orthodox Jews, just had a debate with an Orthodox Jew, sharing my perspective, my truth, hoping to bring a sane biblical perspective of Messianic Judaism and to show that we are one in Messiah and to 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 bring back uh, the king of the world um, to his people. And so that's that's the focus. There we go, guys. We're going to pin up his... his uh... Thing. Why can't I pin her up in the comment? Oh, that's a bummer. Okay, we'll put it in. Oh, here we go. Replace pin. All right, guys. Um, appreciate everybody hanging out. Um, check out Radar, Radar Apologetics and Rabbi Eduardo, and we'll see you next time, all right? And uh, if you guys want to go the extra mile, support us. Consider partnering with us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. Keep us independent, brand-free, so we never have to make goofy commercials like these. Our friends at GenuCell Skincare have exciting news to celebrate in 2023. Using the mask during my showers after workout has given me much more confidence. And that's where Mudwater comes in. True Classic has got your pack. All thanks to the sponsor of today's video, SayMine.com. Established titles is your opportunity to earn the title of Laird, or Lady. Object credit approval rates range from 7.99% APR to 19.99% APR, included 0.50% auto pay discount. If you don't want us to make ads with brands you don't care about, sign up for our online community for as little as $5 a month to keep us independent and ultimately answering to you as our boss. You get all sorts of benefits like daily replays of our after-party streams, exclusive access to our Discord community, and early access to our podcast interviews, all starting for only $5 a month. King Streaming.